The year is 2008, and Ric Flair is in the twilight of his illustrious career. The 16-time world heavyweight champion has styled and profiled across four decades, making a unique and indelible impression on both the sport of pro wrestling and the hearts of its fans. But Father Time is unsentimental, and Flair is not the wrestler he once was. The competitor who thrilled audiences in the 70s, 80s, and even early 90s is long gone. But Flair's desire to still be the man burns as strongly as ever. Flair defiantly proclaimed on Monday Night Raw that he would never retire. But WWE Chairman Vince McMahon has other ideas. McMahon decreed that the next match Flair lost would be his last. And so, with his back to the wall, the 59-year-old veteran rattled off victories over the likes of Randy Orton, William Regal, and even his protege, Triple H. But with WrestleMania fast approaching, Flair has his mind on someone special. Someone synonymous with the grandest stage of them all, Shawn Michaels. At 42, Michaels somehow is as good as he's ever been. After suffering what appeared to be a career-ending back injury in 1998, Michaels found religion and miraculously returned to the ring four years later after surgery, reclaiming his spot as arguably the company's best all-around performer. But before all that, he was just a boy from San Antonio, Texas, who idolized Ric Flair. And so, when Flair tells Michaels that he wants a match at WrestleMania, the heartbreak kid says he has no desire to be the man who ends Ric Flair's career. The nature boy takes that sympathy as a sign of disrespect. And after egging Michaels on, the younger man finally agrees to the match. But that boy who grew up wanting to be Ric Flair will not be the man who steps into the ring at the Citrus Bowl. Instead, Michael says Flair will be confronted with the showstopper, the main event, Mr. WrestleMania. And with a grin that's part mischief and part venom, a grin that fans really haven't seen, since 1998. Michaels tells Flair that on March 30th, he's going to put Flair out of his misery. It's a must-win retirement match, an emotional roller coaster ride, and a true showcase of pro wrestling immortals. Today on... <laughs> On my drive over, Mike. Uh huh. I almost got in a car accident. What? Because I was coming up on one of the hills over there. Uh, what? What's that direction? East? 
An east hill. You're pointing... <laughs> I think it's east. Southeast. Right on. That direction, but I was coming north because I live in the south. <laughs> Irrelevant information. And there's this... Okay, wait. You were heading north, <laughs> but you were southeast of, my, of our current location. Correct. Which makes sense because you live southeast of me. You've summed it up perfectly. Okay, great. Perfect. Anyway, Keep, so- now, now I know where we are. Keep going. <laughs> I can't hold this drink while I tell this story. It's a short story and it's not funny. Really? Because it doesn't seem short. <laughs> I'm going up the hill. Uh-huh. And there's this couple. You picture them. They're like 70. Okay. They, they're in their Sunday finest. Walking. Yeah. They're on okay. the side of the road. They want to cross the street. Yeah. Dude's balding, uh, has has a cool horseshoe white hair. He's in a wonderful blue suit. Doesn't really fit him well. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Old men in suits. Yeah. It doesn't work. She's in a lovely blue dress. They're holding arm in arm. Blue suit and blue dress. Mm-hmm. Like, like a powder blue dress yeah. and like a navy blue suit. Right. Okay. Also, they're both very old, but in his, <laughs> in his arm, his right arm, he's just holding a snowman. <laughs> God damn it. Scratched my car. Wait, wait. You almost smashed your car because you noticed the snowman and then you like were so transfixed by it that you like ran your, your little it electric vehicle me off the I road. Started laughing harder than this. Wait, it startled you? Were you like were you were like you, you were like, what's that old man doing with that tiny snowman? It was like the the view that I had was like I could see but I knew there's two people standing there, but I couldn't really see they were silhouetting each other on my viewpoint, and then they kind of turned, and the snowman revealed itself. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I just started laughing, and my eyes got watery, and then I almost ran into oncoming traffic. Okay, scale of one, scale of one to you being dead. How close were you to actually veering across the center lane? It's a little bit of exaggeration, but probably seven. Whoa, <laughs> that's way more than I, I thought. I mean, it was it's a narrow be. road. Anyway, I've been sitting on that for about the five, ten minutes since I've been. Here. Well, I am so glad that you survived <laughs> that confrontation with that <sighs> that septuagenarian couple and a tiny snowman to make it to the shit house. Thank you. Welcome. My name's Bo. Oh yeah, that's how we start the show, and I'm Mike. <laughs> hey, and welcome to a Tope Suicida. Wrestling can be. Here we are, episode something uh, with Catherine as our guest. Yeah, episode six. Six, that's the one. You really matched my energy on the Tope Suicida, which was like pitiful. Yeah. My energy was pitiful you're because kinda, you have a little, you're coming off a cold. I'm coming off, or you're in the midst of it, and I'm getting yeah. sick. No, I don't think. I mean, I'm on the, I'm on the rebound for sure. Well, there's no guarantee that you're not going to get sick. That's but true. The podcast comes first. We are using the same pop shields. Yeah. That we always use, so yeah, we don't touch. Uh, we don't touch shields. Yeah, so I'm I'm uh, coming off of the injured reserve for you, the listeners, back in action, and I've got a little bit of a treat for all of you coming up later. Uh, inspired by my uh, battle with this nasty little cold, in our favorite segment is it shit house. Interesting. Mine's really a treat for just you. Yeah? Because the, the listeners aren't going to benefit from it, to be perfectly honest, but I don't do the show for them, you know? I do it for you. Oh, that's nice. And you're going to really like it. That's great. That's good. Mine is like for you, but then they can try it at home. That seems more generous <laughs> than mine. Okay. I can't wait. 
yeah, for for now, let's just do a little quick recap of uh, uh, NXT, which saw uh, Keith Lee, uh, Dominic Dijakovic, and Tommaso Ciampa square off against the Undisputed Era cool. in the main event, and Keith Lee fucking pinned Adam Cole with that killer fireman's carry jackhammer this is that this he week? does. That's this week. Cool. Yeah. I haven't watched that one yet. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so... It has been stated by William Regal, who's still alive, apparently. He shows up every once in a while. Every once in a while. Most of the time, it's just his. Well, just once. Most of the time, it's just like his door, though. And they're like, oh, we were just speaking with general manager William Regal. And I'm like, he's dead. He's got to be dead. I mean, they they don't even have like a name tag for it. It's it's just a laminate. They keep proving me wrong. Anyway, he said it's going to be Adam Cole against Tommaso Ciampa. Okay. Against Keith Lee next week in a triple threat match. Wait, I screwed it up. Okay, look it up. But if that's the if those are the opponent if those are the people in the match, I feel sorry for Dominic. I screwed it up. Poor Dominic. And here's why: this week when they were all setting up for the beginning of the show, they were chanting uh, Keith Lee bask in his glory, and no one was chanting Dominic's name. Uh, no, actually, I was, I was, so it's going to be, uh, Tommaso Ciampa against Keith Lee against Finn Balor in a triple threat next week to determine a number one contender, uh, for Adam Cole. Okay. So Cole's not in the match. Correct. That does make more sense. Yeah. Again, though, sorry. I feel sorry for Dominic. Really? I just feel like he's left out. Oh, he is left out in this situation. But it kind of makes sense also, because, like, Ciampa's the former champion, right? Mm -hmm. Finn Balor's a former champion. Mm -hmm. And Keith Lee just pinned the current champion. Yeah. And Dominic is just tall. Dominic's tall, and when he jumps off of the ropes, no one catches him. It's scary, but at least he gets to the floor faster, because his legs are so long. That's not how... I don't think that's how it works. Dude, I looked up gravity, and I think that's how it works. If you're heavier, you don't fall any faster. That's not... No, I mean, like, he gets there faster, because his legs touch sooner. Like, if you give two men with the same torso length... (laughs) Don't spit up your whiskey. (laughs) And then they flip. Uh Uh-huh. And but their torso is the same, but the one's got longer legs. We should measure our torso lengths. <laughs> longer legs is gonna touch the floor first, right? Actually, I think that checks out. You think so? I think that might check out. Yeah, I'm sounds smart. pretty good. So this is a transition right into my uh, favorite wrestler this week, which is Keith Lee. Wait, 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 hold on. I have a question for you then. Now it's time to say who you really like. Who do you think is the neatest tights? Who would you better see pretend to fight? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite wrestler? Mike, who's your favorite wrestler? I really like that person that just doesn't wait to get asked <laughs> to like the winter formal. You just, I think you just want to get to Is This Shit House so bad. You're just blowing through everything. I guess so. That might be it. Because this we week's didn't talk about shithouse. dynamite. You're just like, let's just get into it at all. Oh well, fuck. I figure we'll talk about dynamite It'll too. Show up, yeah. But I was like, we're talking about Keith Lee. Let's. Also, I feel like the the segment of what have you been watching lately? Yeah. It's kind of not. It's okay. Yeah, it's not great. You know, we're still figuring it out. But anyway, Keith Lee's my favorite wrestler. So, uh, I mean, God, for so many different reasons. Uh, when he uh, pounced Adam Cole into the crowd. That was very, very shithouse and cool. Um, when he hits uh, the cross body block on both Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Or 
Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. Well, he does a little flip when he f- just flips them over. Is that what you're talking? No, yeah, yeah. It's not a full suplex, but it's in that same match because that's the episode I watched. Uh, where yeah, he flips both of them. Oh yes. Instead of doing a full suplex, he does the motion, but he doesn't bend or anything. But they still flip like a suplex. Yeah, that that. But when he does his flying cross body, right, and takes down both of them at the same time, or when Dominic throws him into the air and suplexes him on top. Yes. Of them. That was very cool. Super well. special. But yeah, I just think Keith Lee is uh, just a, an astounding athlete. He is seriously charismatic, and I want him to be champion. So bad. I of love everything. Keith Lee. Of everything. Right? Yeah, champion of everything. He should have all belts. Yeah, they should just give him all the belts. You'd save us the time of watching the program. Do you have a question for me, though? Yeah, I do. Who's your favorite wrestler? Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, a moleskin is coming out. Uh, my favorite wrestler this episode. He's, he's reciting this. Is Keith Lee. What? For the sole purpose of his line, it's basking season. <laughs> and then the crowd starts chanting, bask in his glory. But it's the soccer chant. Yeah. So it's, oh, bask in his glory. And then I wrote some notes when when Dominic suplexed him into the uh, into the into uh, who wrestled Roddy and Kyle Kyle O'Reilly yeah that was badass and then also when he launched Cole into the crowd later on those are my two notes there so I'm glad we hit those Keith Lee has entered the the gold star of excellence uh, team of extraordinary wrestlers because he got favorite wrestler from us in the same week. Simultaneous, simultaneous. But that's the name of the. We planned. We planned this. That's the name. We took. We workshopped that name for like days. What's it called? Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just days. I'm tired. The Gold know? Star Award of Excellence. Yeah, and there's there's a second part, but that Daddy's is, Big Brawl. Yeah, that. <laughs> it's, we, we do so many episodes and stuff, and we 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 patch things together for timing purposes, but I forget when that conversation happened. That happened last episode, during the War Games match. Was that in the commentary? That was at the very end of the episode, when we were talking about potentially right. introducing the King of Shithouse Grand Prix okay. tournament. I remember now. Which, to be clear, ladies and gentlemen, the concepts, you know what? You guys are just going to have to wait for it. Because I've got a couple cooking up in the mind grapes. The way grapes. you just position it sounds like you don't got shit. <laughs> oh, I've got something, Bo. I've got more than something. I've got some things. Um, I was really uh, entertained by Dynamite. I thought the, the main event was fucking pointless, which was John Moxley and Joey Janela. Oh, it's Janela. That's why you forgot about it. No, no, I remembered. I didn't say it was Darby Allen earlier. It was to- I knew it was Janela. Cause- oh, they no Moxley and Darby oh, Allen had remember. a good main event. Yeah, because that he had the cool new tights where his name looks like Scooby Doo font. <laughs> this Janela on his butt, but <laughs> it looks like Scooby Doo. <laughs> I love him so much. He's gonna come on the show and he's gonna beat you up. <laughs> Here's the thing: if I'm not down with a cold, I don't know that Joey Janela beats me up. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know that that happens. Ladies and gentlemen, we've had this conversation so many times about Joey Janela and his fighting potential. I just, I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't, I, maybe he yeah. should. He's a fucking professional wrestler. He should. He, 
Yeah, that shouldn't have been the main event. But Moxley's in it, which is why I see why it's the main event. Yeah, but it doesn't do anything for Moxley. Like gets he him just a win, beat up, He beat up somebody's kid brother. I think I so maybe what? the position just to get that he gets a win to put him up the leaderboard more. He's undefeated. I know, but he the last match that he play, won it didn't count the lights out match. So the against like, Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's like, okay, but I want this. I want another. I want something to give me a number. Get a win against an enhancement talent that counts on my record. That's interesting that you would call him that because I think he's a star. (laughs) I'm in rare form this evening. It's funny because you're going to hear it right now and also on next week's episode, my rare form that I'm in. (laughs) So Dynamite was pretty good. Uh, Moving on to NWA Power. uh, I did watch that. And the thing that stood out was the fucking Rock and Roll Express. Did they do a match match or did they just fight? They did a match match and they won the NWA World Tag Team (laughs) titles from the wild card. This was their ninth (laughs) title reign. Uh, Does anyone out there know the Rock and Roll Express? No. Mike, tell the people who they are and maybe their ages. Oh, (laughs) Well, the Rock and Roll Express are, uh, one, I mean, you should know them. They're one of the greatest and one of the most famous tag teams in the history of pro wrestling. They're tag champs right now. They uh, were just, it's really difficult to describe how uh, universally beloved these guys were in their heyday, uh, particularly in the South. Mm-hmm. Um and everybody was, I mean, they're just like the ultimate babyface tag team. And they feuded for years and years with uh, the Midnight Express, who were kind of the opposite side of the coin in terms of um, they, they were uh, not good looking guys, but had nicknames that were like beautiful Bobby Eaton. Yeah. And sweet Stan Lane. Yeah, and they were very shithouse men. And they were shit, they were, they were like shithouses. With very large... Guts. Guts and Bobby Eaton's uh, mullet was the stuff of legend. Uh, But anyway, so they would, uh, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, in contrast, were good looking guys, but they were like humble, like everybody's. In contrast. That is true. It's true. Like the (laughs) Rock and Roll Express came out and like everybody went wild. I've seen that video where they're running through the crowd and all the women are just. The women are going crazy. Yeah. Um, and then there was a story that, um, as, as much as I'm not crazy about bringing up Jim Cornette in any context, he told a story going when Rock and Roll Express went into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. when he, he, he had heard that there was a, um, a family uh, that had a, two pictures displayed in their living room with equal prominence. And one of those pictures was a portrait of Jesus Christ, uh-huh. and the other one was a portrait of the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> like, with their bandanas all tied off, their like, arms and legs. Man, I feel like that fandom and that fervor doesn't exist anymore. Nah, that's dead. And that's sad. Actually, no, it does exist. You know where it is? Mm. It's right here in the shithouse. It's happening right here. That's right. With with whiskeys. Cheers. To the shithouse. To the shithouse. A little bit of Grandpa's cough medicine. <laughs> I took a big gulp. Yeah. It was too big. It's good that helps. That's perfect. That's a perfect transition into everyone's favorite segment. I've been looking forward to it all week. I know you have too. Let's get to it. Yes, 
So you have two? I got two. Two one of them's shit qu- One of them's quick. Let's do your quick one. All right. And I'll do mine, and then you can follow up with your big one. Okay. So I, 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 I told you that I haven't been feeling well. I've been a little under the weather. Are you pulling a gun on me right now? Right. Yeah, hang on. Let me get my let me get my firearm. No. <laughs> um, and I had forgotten that I had these. Uh, Food. I bought them a while ago. I mean, I'd say years ago when I was, you know, sick. I had a cough. Um, okay. And um, if you are game, I think that uh, you should try one of these and what tell me it? if they're shit house. This is what they are. Fish runs friend. Original extra strong. Menthol cough suppression. Is this going to ruin my whiskey? <laughs> Probably, yeah. God. But you're you're going to you're going to do it with me, right? Yeah. Thank you. Fisherman's friend. Oh. Okay, it's fr- cuz it's for friends. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bo is now opening the Bo's opening the package. Okay. Yep, yep. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Bo is Bo is <laughs> Bo Bo Let's pour too many into my hand. We've got the extra back in the back. Bo and I now each have one. I feel like these cough drops are particularly special for a number of reasons. One is that it has like a Ziploc resealable yeah. top. Which is cool. Um, the other thing is their shape. They have this terrible oval shape um, and they're covered in like cornstarch. Yeah, they look like bark. <laughs> Okay, ready? No. Fisherman's friend. Is it shit house? Am I supposed to chew it? Oh no. <laughs> I shouldn't have chewed it. <laughs> no. Don't chew it. Don't chew it. It's too late. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Am I gonna die? <laughs> Did you swallow it? I'm still chewing it. <laughs> Am I gonna die? Can you describe what's going on in your mouth right now? So I predominantly chew on my left side. So, oh. <laughs> so the like the back left of my mouth <laughs> feels like, um, just like a an icy forest, <laughs> like an icy forest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My sinuses are clearing. This is good shit house. I think because I feel great now. <laughs> actually. <laughs> Uh, Folks, can you hear this? Ooh, <sighs> my sinuses are clear too. Isn't it great? This is, i think this is shit house. Shit house. I love those. Have you, you like the flavor of these? Yeah. I don't mind them because I'm a person that doesn't really mind black licorice. Mm-hmm. But every other person that has ever come into contact with these yeah. has despised them. They think they are so disgusting. Here's the thing. Never had black licorice. Wait, you've never had black licorice? No, like a black Twizzler. <laughs> I don't think Twizzler makes black licorice Twizzlers. They used to in the 90s, I think. Really? Yeah. They had like the cherry and black licorice, I think. Twizzlers. Yeah, and probably no one bought it and they don't anymore. Anyway, I didn't really like it. No, how did I say? No, I've never had it, so... Oh man, you didn't chew any of that. No, I just I I just eat it, I, Mike. No, I I just popped it in my mouth like a human. I'm gonna go throw this I didn't away. Know we were allowed to take it out of our mouth and I'm throw gonna... it out. I thought we were ingesting. I should have explained the rules. I should have. That was that was my mistake. I should have. I'm not gonna have a cough, so 
No, I really like that. I, I lost my train of thought. Yeah. But no, I think that was shit house. Okay. Because my throat feels great. Yeah. My nostrils feels great. Feel great. And then the area between my nose and my throat feels clear as a new fresh pane of glass. Wow. I think also the fact that we can stand Fisherman's Friend cough drops yeah. is a sign that we are fully in our mid-30s. Yeah. Can you imagine like a 19-year-old trying to take this for his cough? Yeah. That's he wouldn't leave. last two leaves. seconds with a Fisherman's Friend. And being 36 and... Well, my is it shit house is is pretty great. So let me take a drink here. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> Compliment the fisherman's friend flavor. Oh, it's, that's not a good combo. Yeah, I really wish I had some potato chips or something at this point. Michael. Yeah. Is what I have done as a thirty-six-year-old man shit house. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, 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 oh God! I, ladies and gentlemen, new, 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 new haircut co-host. <laughs> Wait, was that like the Razor Ramon? <laughs> it's the NWO. Oh, it's okay. the Hendrix riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's. Well, so yeah, I got. I have a mullet, and is the mullet? It's not. It's 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 still pretty tame. Yeah, but it is longer than everything else. Yeah, is it shit house? And if not quite yet, does it have the potential to be? Oh yeah, it's shit house. Bro. <laughs> what I want to know, what I want to know, yes, is who cut it for you? I was just at Bishop's Barbershop on Division or Hawthorne, Hawthorne. Yeah. I mean, this is the haircut I normally get. I just said keep it long on the back. On the back. And then he, he trying to trim it. He trimmed a little bit. Oh, all right. Hold on. One second. Yeah. Okay. Bo has now scampered into the bathroom. Uh, the it was He looked like he was an excited child. Okay. So, my hair has always done this. Uh-huh. It kind of moves this direction. Yeah. So, like, the left side of the mullet yeah. is a very... Like a like a like a grungy punk mullet. But yep. then this one that swoops out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a grungy surf mullet. Yeah. So I have two mullets on my head. Yeah. Punky and surfy. Let me see the left again. More straight. Yeah. A little wisp. Oh, okay. See yeah. Uh huh. It's only straight because it's also going to the right. Yeah. But my head's in the way. Right. So that's my mullet. I also like that like the top of your mullet is still like like <laughs> like like a responsible middle-aged man like parted on the side. It's my normal haircut. <laughs> it's just bl it's blended over here on the side differently. Uh than what I would normally get. Yeah, I mean I think that uh with time you're going to be really shit house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never going to let it get completely out of control. Yeah. Like I, a nice Kenny Omega mullet. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it gets longer, it'll probably get an inch, inch and a half longer mm. at most. Uh -huh. Inch and a half seems like a lot. So maybe just an inch. We'll see. We will see. Over time. I may not let you cut your hair. You'll be here for it. Yeah. So that's my is it shit house. Great. It passes. I'll What's be giving name? you expert advice through the entire ordeal. So Great. you don't have to go through this alone. And then I figured next time you get your hair cut, mm -hmm. you don't have to get a mullet, but... 
you can once you do it join the new haircut co-host league of extraordinary gentlemen new 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 <laughs> new haircut co-host. new haircut co-host <laughs> Uh, okay, on to <laughs> my second is it shit house. I'm glad you responded how I hoped you would. A laugh, a scream, a yell. Thank you. Do you remember uh, last week when we had a very brief segment um, where we discussed who was our favorite Luger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it made it into the uh, the match commentary. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you said that your favorite Luger was made in the USA, Lex. Because that gimmick failed so hard. But you also said that you thought Lex had a wrestling buddy. And I said, no, Lex didn't have a wrestling buddy. Because he was still with the NWA WCW at that time. Yeah. And wrestling buddies were WWF. Right? Yeah. Like, so there's no way that Lex could have a wrestling buddy, right? There's this preamble, I'm feeling. Because, like, here's the wrestling buddies. Like, that's the whole set. Yeah, that's it. There's there's Hogan, the there's Boss Man, and, <laughs> Million Dollar Man, Snake, DiBiase, <laughs> Warrior, Savage, and the Road Warriors. Yeah, right. And they're like, you know, they're cute, uh-huh. and they got these like puffy noses, and they're all gritting their teeth, right. like, oh, we're tough guys, yeah. but we're also like yeah. r- like definitely fun toys and like cute uh, caricatures mm-hmm. of of these larger than life like pro wrestling superheroes right okay before we go any further yeah this better not fucking turn into is a bradshaw because <laughs> i swear <laughs> but we'll, if there was an early 2000s bradshaw wrestling buddy before they stopped making them i'm gonna be so mad at you <laughs> but we'll live in fear <laughs> every time every time we do is it shithouse because he'll never know the next time when mine will be, is it Bradshaw? <laughs> it's the president you have set. Anyway, continue. All right. So um, it turns out that while there isn't, of course, a, a Lex Luger wrestling buddy. Right. There is a WCW no. wrestling champs. Oh, God. Lex no. Luger doll. And I, want, I want you to go ahead and tell me. <laughs> If this like life like resemblance on, of the total package okay, okay. is shit house. Alright, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> How do they make his hair look sweaty? He's he's cloth. Why does his hair look so sweaty? Look at that haunting visage. Dude's got a killer cleavage look though. Look at man. his lips. <laughs> looks like he looks like Sting. Okay. Really quick, so that's what fucking WCW's plaything for children looks like. God. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful blue eyes, though. Back to the WWF. Uh-huh. These are clearly fun. Yeah. Nightmare. The stuff of total nightmare. It okay. Looks, the way the line work is on his face yeah. looks like uh, like a uh, character that would be uh, an antagonist on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yes. It's terrifying. Metalocalypse. Okay, so that's the tip of the iceberg, my oh, man. Oh, it goes deeper. I'm because ready. Because Lex wasn't the only WCW wrestling champ. I mean, no one oh likes no, him. they would fail if it only made him. So we've got fan favorites. Everyone's every uh, little kid's fan favorite, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is this shit what am i i'm supposed to have fun with this what the fuck is this what is this it looks very 
concerned. His face is like, oh no, the boy is coming. The boy is coming. <laughs> He's very concerned. He does. He looks terrified. It's because he knows that whoever created him did a bad thing. They defied the laws of God and man. Okay. That's not the end. I love his big stubby boots. That's not the end. You okay. know why? Because there's a stain coming up. Because somebody deal. also had the idea that they should make a fucking Sid Vicious doll. <laughs> They're like, take the Ric Flair guy, put his arms up, and throw him in a one piece. Terrifying. Legitimately <laughs> disturbing. I like his thumbs. Look at his, look at this, look, what is this? It's a cool, strong arm. This, that is a, a massive, like, hematoma on his wrist. He's beautiful. Okay. Why are their faces so poorly drawn? Poorly drawn and like like oddly a, a, like an attempt to be realistic. Yeah, it's gross. I and hate it's, it. It it is really disgusting. And now the creme de la creme, the number one. If there okay. was ever gonna be a WCW wrestler that you'd have fun wrestling with okay. as your wrestling bat buddy or your pal or your wrestling All champ, right. you're right. It would be the stinger. It would be. Right? Yeah. Have fun with this. That's not sting. <laughs> it's a monster with an unbearably large neck because his face is on the front of his what neck. What the fuck is about <laughs> this going on with his neck? Right? <laughs> what the fuck? I have a question. Has he ever worn that face paint? Now, I, don't, I don't think so. No, I, I don't, don't think so. Okay. Now, you would think that that would be the most disturbing thing. Hug them. That I could show you. Bop them. Wrestle champs. Right? right? Yeah. But it's not. What's worse? So, I think it's I think it's fair to say that the back of WWF wrestling buddies don't look fantastic. No. You know, because you're like, oh, like the muscles of the back and the triceps. Like, stuff like, it's like difficult to translate For into sure. a, like a plush. And they're, they're, especially when they're a, a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, uh. Visions of these characters. Yeah, so they, they, they even even the WWF wrestling buddies, uh, th their backs don't look like fantastic artist renderings of the superstars or whatever. But you're about to show me. I'm scared, but I'm ready. But I want you to try, if you okay. can, to wrap your head around this. This is going to be like the fucking end of Event Horizon for you right now. <laughs> you ready? I'm excited. Go. <laughs> it's like a growling horse. <laughs> What's with this ball sack ass cheeks? Okay. 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 Look at. Okay. So we've got. We've got the. I think it looks like a horse. It blinks its eyes. It's like. No. We've, we've got the. We've got the rat tail yeah. and the haircut that ends like two inches up on the neck. Um. We've got these weird like back kind like back muscles. I guess this just look like growths. This is Sting because of the shorts, the pants. It's Sting. Sting has a flat top. St right. Why is this? The I flat don't, top would be easier. It would straight be so much easier. So much easier. I don't know why that's the part they screwed up. Mike. Yeah. Why does he have testicles on his ass cheeks? <sighs> Bo. That question is above my pay grade. Do I have to ask Sting himself in retirement? Bro. Maybe we should tweet at him. Be what like, hey, Steve. Steve. Stever. Stinger. Steve. What's up with this? What's his last name? Borden. Is that it? 
I think so. Steve Borden. Now he sounds like a guitarist from a really shitty Yeah, metal band. totally. Like a puddle of mud. Like Steve Borden was like Now what's the fuck? What's the bit? Like Alter Bridge. Audio slave. So like he's so Steve Borden's like a singer for like a really successful band and then goes on to sing for like a band that's with other people from other successful bands like and it never group. really takes off. Yeah. I think they released three albums. <laughs> I don't know. But it was probably just one. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the metal flame on the front. That's Sting's band, Audio Slave. Anyway, yes, the Wrestle characters yeah. are terrifying. Uh, they make me want to go to church on Sunday um, because I think they're just devilish. But they are shithouse. Especially Flair. <laughs> As he's like, he's like, oh, please don't know. The boy is coming. No, don't. <laughs> so don't wrestle me, boy. It's so weird. Uh, if you guys get a chance, go ahead and look these things up. Um, it, your favorite access point to the World Wide Web. It could be Yahoo. It could be Googs. It Alta could Vista. Be Bing. Alta Vista. Ask Jeeves if Mer you want. Yeah, Mercury Pegasus. Um, there's a lot of ways to get on the net these days. So that's skate. Check out. The WCW Wrestle Champs. Champs. It's even a bad name. Yeah. Hey, the buddies, huh? Well, these are our champs. These are our champs. These are our wrestling fellows. Our, hey. our uh, grapple boys. Our grapple partners. <laughs> <laughs> these are the grapple posse. WCW <laughs> grapple partners. Okay, now I know that Vince has got these dang things up there in New York. What are we going to do? But I, here's what I'm thinking. You know how their their thing is like colorful and fun? Right, right. And they got uh, um, all, all their different, um, they're real distinct, like their outfits. Very and, imaginative, yeah. You, you know, and on. they got all their like accessories right. and stuff. So like, like uh, Boss Man's got yep. his... You know, guys like his uniform on. You he's know, got his baton. Like in his immediately, hand. you know, you know who it is. Yeah, Hulk's got the red and yellow on. Warriors got the 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 iconic green and purple with the arm, arm tassels, tassels like, face yep, paint. Mm -hmm. Some of them even got the fucking belt on. Fucking belt, they do because they're the champ. But we don't. We got some champs over here. But how do we get them in plushy form? This is how to be different. Okay, we make all of them look the same. Okay, and we put them in nondescript. Uh, very basic gear, and uh, we make them hideous and terrifying to look at. Okay, now I'm following you on this. Follow me on this journey here. What if we go out to the flea market and find us a 1972 shittily drawn comic, and we take those facial artwork as inspiration when we put Ric Flair's face on this plushie doll? I want squiggly black lines. I want hair that doesn't quite meet the face well. And I want big, scary blue eyes. Can I know what it reminds me of now. What? I it, think I know what it reminds me what? of. Hang on. I'm hanging. Wait a Your minute. Your revelation was so big, you threw us out of the bit. Yeah. <laughs> it just was like, and nope. I was Because I know that face. Okay. I know that face that Flair is making. And is I'm this like, your third, is it shithouse? Haunting my dreams. What if we do a watch-along series where we just watch the Ernest movies? Great. Here's the thing. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a long time, mm -hmm. but I'd be willing to bet that Ernest Goes to Jail holds up. I'm willing to bet Every single Ernest movie holds up. I'm not willing to go there for like slam dunk Ernest. I'm willing to bet somewhere in the anthology of Ernest movies 
What's an anthology? Is that a certain number or does that just mean a collection? I don't know. It's a collection. I think it's just a collection. We're real dumb. Anyway, (laughs) somewhere in those movies, I bet there is professional wrestling somewhere in some form or fashion. Could be a background character is a wrestler from WCW. Could be an exchange with a character that you know is a wrestler. Could be actually wrestling. It's got to be. He's got to. There's got to be in there somewhere, right? I would think so. You would think that somewhere. Okay. Well, so Ernest now turnbuckles down. This movie's called. Did you find it? Yeah, I think this is fair. Okay. I think this is fair. Uh, I think this is this is evocative of the Flair Wrestle Champ. Okay. The wrestling champ. Uh. Okay. So this is a GIF. Okay. Of. Uh, the genie okay. from Aladdin. All right, Mr. Aladdin. The one, the one we grew up mm-hmm. on. So Robin Williams mm-hmm. going through his celebrity impressions. Right. One of which was uh, Bill Buckley, okay. who was a uh, conservative, like, political pundit, television talk show host uh, in the, you know, 70s and 80s and 90s. Uh, which is a super obscure reference, but look at this. Doesn't this look like the Flair Wrestling Champ? <laughs> He's got a little bit less hair, but yes. Right? <laughs> <He does. laughs> I'm making wishes. And it's unsettling. I have to make wishes for the boy. It's okay. This is We're moving on. Oh, So I on. want the scariest motherfuckers on this so that when you see that wrestle champ the kid goes oh i don't want my wrestle buddy anymore i want to tackle this kid this wrestle champ this scared rick flair that's what i want yeah your kids getting bullied in school give him a wrestle champ that's right because you if you if you show your bully your wrestling buddy he's just gonna be like what's that cute little thing gonna do kid if you is your kid scared scared to order food alone not if he got a wrestling Not champ. Not if he has a wrestle champ on Because whoever back. he's ordering from is more scared than he is. You're going to say, what the fuck is that? Jesus Christ, why did you bring that demon out of the bowels of hell? Get that out of my pizza hut. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> I thought that was really good. It was very good. That was really Award good. Award-winning, uh, just classic two-person improv. Sorry about that, uh... Side that that probably like seven or eight thousand minute sidebar about Bill Buckley <laughs> and uh, the 1994 animated classic Aladdin that also made a reference about Bill Buckley. Yeah, it's a ref- it's a late. reference within a reference because <laughs> all the writers of, of those movies back then were all like 50 year old men yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, they were like, oh, wow, the parents are going to love this God. part. Kids aren't gonna get it, but they're just gonna see the, the blue jeans. They're not gonna, they're gonna get it. it but up. this taxi driver impression mm-hmm. that Robin's about to do. Yeah, but, then, but then there's he's got like seven or eight fingers on one hand, and they love it. Yo, did you ever see, really? He just. I'm the last one. Not, oh, not, when he's not ca- the, he's, he's enumerating the scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. What'd you have to ask me? I was gonna ask if you ever saw the movie Fern Gully. Yes, but not a very long time. Okay. That's the one where he's the bat. Yeah. The bat that's he's been not like Bartok, lobotomized. He's like escaped from a research facility. I don't like that movie. Why? Because of what you just said. It makes Tim Curry as Hexus, the smog monster, bro. <laughs> Tim Curry does rule. That movie he's is so alive. legit. He's with us. Tim Curry? I have no idea. I think he's still with us. I mean, we hope. We can only hope. Is Tim Curry shit house? Fuck yeah. Dr. Yeah. Frankenfurter? Mm-hmm. 
That shit house. Wasn't he the Satan character in, in Legend with Tom Cruise? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the evil concierge in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York? Yeah. The list goes mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most shithouse performer there ever was. Still is. Yeah. Just hoping. And also, like, in recent years, I think he's grown out this, like, weird, it's kind of like Shakespearean facial hair. It's like, it's like a, a, it's like this white beard and mustache. Does it fork like the devil? I don't know. I want to, hang on, let me look and see. Oh, we're just going to keep. I want to see what old, well, hang on, let me see what old Tim Curry looks like. Okay. Just give me one. I feel like his, his face. Give me one second. Is wider these days, but he still has a tiny goatee. Tim. But he's got that grin on his Curry face. Curry now. Tim Curry nowadays. Uh, okay. Still alive though, yeah? I th- I think it's, pr- oh, he might these be are sad to he look might, at. He might be these sick. photos are sad. I don't like he, these photos. He might be sick. Hang oh, on. Tim Curry, no. Yeah, he's still alive. Uh, I believe he was also Pennywise in It. Oh yeah, the yeah the the, the one, yeah the TV one from the nineties. He yeah. was. Anyway, what what match do we have with Catherine? <sighs> What's coming up for the viewers? Right, listeners. So we're uh bringing in our good friend and a member of our improv troupe, Catherine Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who is uh has very little experience with wrestling. Correct. And this is her first podcast. She said too. Little experience with podcasts, yeah. little experience with wrestling is perf. It was perfect, and I gotta say, I don't think it could have gone any better. Couldn't have. She was a terrific guest. It was great. It was very fun. Uh, I don't spoil it, but I feel like she enjoyed the match, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And what did we decide to show her? We decided to show her WrestleMania 24. One of those 20 something. I think it was 24, but yeah. it's it's Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels uh, squaring up. Uh, loser retires, or if loser, if the Rick, if Rick Flair loses, if he the retires. old, if the senior citizen loses, yeah. then he must retire, unless it's TNA. Yeah, unless you go to TNA soon after. Yeah, uh, but we won't spoil who wins the match, but you can probably figure it out. But no, it's really good. I only seen it, I think, once or twice before this. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's got a lot of fun emotion in it, uh, and I think y'all are gonna enjoy it too if you watch it and then uh, rate it yourself. Uh, on the back half with us, that would be fun. Yeah, cool. So everybody, now that you're all primed and ready, you've mm-hmm. gotten um, your wheels have been greased. Right. Oh, yeah. By this uh, 35 minutes on WCW Wrestling Champs and Tim Curry, we hope that you enjoy the forthcoming contest, which takes place at WrestleMania 24. We hope. I'm pretty sure it's 24. Between the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, in a career-threatening match. We'll see you after the break. Let's talk real quick about Tub and Tan, because I just happened to be on Stark. I'm not down there very often, and this was like a good, this was like a year ago. And I just happened upon, because I went to breakfast with friends that live in that area. Did you go to the Country Cat? Yeah. That is closed down, but it was delicious. It was cl- it's Oh, yeah. It yeah. Was, like, like last closed. month or something, Yeah, right? it's no more. Sad. I like that place, too. It was super good. It was so good. I wonder why they went under. I don't know. Oh, it's a mystery. <laughs> so so the country cat went under. I mean, under. there's probably articles about it. The country cat went <laughs> I mean, you can look it up, I'm sure. I'm, I'm just sure trying you to understand. Find the information. I'm just trying to understand this. Country cat, the delicious 
breakfast spot that was very, very popular when I was there has gone out of business. Tub and Tan across the street. Yeah. Thriving now still. (laughs) I mean, there's little overhead because there's no food or any of that stuff, you know, unless they feed you stuff while you're in the tub. How does it listen? I'm, I'm trying to picture it. Is it like, have you been inside? I have not been inside. Does anyone really know what this place is? Well, so a friend of mine, when Breaking Bad was a thing, mm-hmm. her and her boyfriend didn't have cable, and so they rented out a tub and tan for an hour to watch Breaking Bad with some other friends. Okay. Because I guess there's like a party room <laughs> that has cable and the... Okay. All right. Is the is the party room just one big tub, do you think? Yes, yes, I think it is. Yeah. So, can you choose opt out of the tan? It just this is tub and breaking bad. This is what yes. this is tub and bad. Yeah, you don't <laughs> you don't have to do the tub and the tan. I don't think. They're not linked. But Roland told me that the owner is a Trump supporter, so mm. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> someone I I feel like someone that would name their place Tub and Tan. Yeah. Tub and Tan definitely sounds like that's one of Tony Soprano's like tangential sort of money laundering businesses. You and know? Also, if you drive if no, you don't drive, but like Stark is a one way street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the sign on the other side of, t- like, when you're driving the right way on yeah. Stark, it says Tub and Tan. But on the other side, it says, stop, you're going the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. <laughs> Which actually, I mean, this guy is probably a jerk, but that that is sort of a nice service. Yeah, I'm sure he counts people, that as. People, yeah. Apparently people do that <laughs> all the time. You don't want accidents around the Tub and Tan, you know, you want to keep your place of business looking yeah. good so you need to tell people that they're going the wrong way got to keep yeah. it classy keep it exactly keep it tight yeah the tub and tail <laughs> Catherine, welcome to the shit house. <laughs> Hi, Bo. Hi, Mike. Thank How are you? you? Hi. I'm good. How are you guys? I'm doing great. That was your intro, and there will be some cool music to it probably when you listen to it. It's going to be cool. That was very impressive. <laughs> really? I'm impressed. Yeah. She's impressed with the shit house already. Well, you know? This is what I'm you saying. Gotta we, be. We don't, we're not going to have pretty quick. We're not going to have to pay people to be here. No. Mm-mm. Pretty pay, quick. Pay people in pizza. Pay, pay people in pizza to be with the podcasting. <laughs> Bros. Bros. The podcasting bros. Anyway, hi, Catherine. <laughs> Welcome Hello. to the show. Uh, we do improv with you, yes? Yes, well, yes. Occasionally you guys now. Are very yeah. funny improvisers. Thanks. You are too. And we well, love it. That's you. why we wanted you here on this silly show about professional wrestling. Um, this is my first podcast. I'm I very know, excited. This is very exciting. I think you're doing a bang up job. We already started, had the, the conversation about the, the tub and tan. Mm-hmm. Which, Wonderful that was. Yeah, it's with editing magic. We can keep talking about the tub and tan if you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like they kind of go hand in hand, pro wrestling and tub and tan. We're in the same ballpark. Uh oh, I almost made Bo spit his water out. Oh yeah. What do you mean? Uh, explain. 
Why? Catherine, okay, yeah, do you think I need to explain that? No, it seems like such an obvious connection to me. What, the wrestling and the tub and tan connection? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The WTT? Right now what I feel like is you're like watching, like I'm like, um, I'm like connecting, what am I, I'm like connecting like, um, uh, uh, like fossils with like evolution and you're like, I don't see it. (laughs) You know, who's to say? So I, I guess I guess um, it, but there, we were both involving um, dudes that tan. Yeah. Okay. And kind of like live with their shirts off. They live the tanning code. Um, think about the hair that's probably in the tub and tan. Oh, in the tubs? <laughs> I want to think about the hair that's in the tubs. That's the one thing I don't want to do. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so that's why I feel like tub and tan is really on brand. Yeah, I feel like tub and tan was something that was probably very popular with like 40 somethings in the 80s. And like this one still lives. And totally. I feel like wrestling is the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Bo still doesn't see it. Somehow he doesn't see it. This is crazy. But you know those, those uh, sensory deprivation tanks? Yes. That you can float in? What? If, all right, we, uh, this is copyright because we're saying it on audio. I think that's how, is that how the law works? Oh, Maybe. yeah. Sure, I think yeah. you have a anyway, firm Okay, so uh, sensory deprecation, sensory defecation? <laughs> sensory defecation, no, no, because that would be bad. But so you go in the tank and you float, right, in the, in the salt water or whatever it is. But also you get a tan while you're in there. So it's real quiet and soft. You don't make a noise. 15 minutes. 20 minutes. This is typically how the podcast goes. 20 minutes, 22 minutes. <laughs> this is. If you pay a bit more, you get 25 podcasting? minutes. And then you get out of the, of the tank that. and you're just head to toe. <laughs> just your, your skin's tanner, except for like the circle around your face. Because <laughs> this is the one part that wasn't under the water to tan you. So you got this little cool mask. So, Catherine, did that sound to you like Bo is going to invent a type of water that gives you a suntan? <laughs> oh, shit. We got to do that, too. Something huh? like that. Damn yes. it. All right. I don't know the science behind that, so I'm going to need some investors. That shocks me that you don't know the <laughs> oh, science really? behind <laughs> that <laughs> business proposal. I just snorted right into the microphone. Oops. Yeah, they're going to love that. Anyway, so, <laughs> Catherine, welcome yes. to the show. What's your, uh, what's your history, if anything, with uh, professional wrestling or uh, stuff of this sort? Um, it's fairly limited. I have a little brother and growing up Saturday mornings, he would always play wrestling. Like instead of cartoons, I really wanted to watch Gem. Yeah. He watched WWE. Right. Um, and so I resentfully watched wrestling as a child. Do you remember any wrestlers? Hulk Hogan, obviously. Yeah. Machi, Macho Man Randy Savage. I like Machi Man. Machi Man. (laughs) I feel like he's a dancer. Yeah. The machi man, like that's a dance, machi the machi. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I really love Glow from Netflix. Yeah. So that is like it's real brought good. me back to wrestling. It's a great show. Cool. Me too. Yeah. I, uh, I really have a blast watching Glow. <laughs> Give us your in-depth hot take on Glow. Yeah, make sure it's real hot. It has too. to be a hot take. Um, 
I think it's I think it's sweet and annoying. Oh, good, what parts are annoying? Good combo, I think. Um, the main character, I can't stand her. Debbie the, or Ruth? The brunette. Yeah. Ruth. Yeah. yeah. Ruth. She's horrible and awful. Mm. <laughs> um, and just like the worst kind of person. Yeah. Um really identify with Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I identify with Debbie, too, if we're being honest. But, yeah, no, continue. you're right. Ruth does some kind of nasty stuff to yeah. her best friend. Yes. And yeah. is not, yeah. Yeah, and isn't, like, doesn't just take responsibility for it. Yeah. That I think that's what annoys me about her. Um, but it's, like, endearing, like, the connections that the women make and, like, how they get sort of invested in the success of this idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's also nice to see um, wrestling kind of uh, depicted in a way that isn't this kind of fraternity boys club macho. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, this is the time for it. Like it's, it's, it sucks. Cause like when we, when Mike and I were looking at like finding matches for this whole show by like really popular, good matches, like women's wrestling right now is awesome. But like throughout the years, it wasn't treated as fairly as, as men's wrestling uh, with most things in life, you know? <laughs> that yeah, sounds I mean, really familiar, Bob. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, there's not like a lot of gold standard matches we can point to. Like these two women knocked out of the bar. There are some now, which yeah. is awesome because it's, it's happening. It's all happening and really exciting. Well, and Yay. also there was, there was quite a lot of amazing stuff happening in Japan. Yeah. We, we, oh. We're just sure. not uh, knowledgeable enough to be able to show you that stuff with... Like confidence, any authority, Cause, cause frankly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Because frankly, I'm still I'm like discovering it myself and seeing this amazing wrestling that women were doing in the 80s in Japan, and like my exposure to that has been very, very minimal. Um, so I, if we have you back on the show, it would be really cool to show you something like that. But today we're going to show we you can a all discover it match. together. Yeah, <laughs> which would be exciting. We're going to show you a men's match because um, we thought it was very cool your response to the yeah. little questionnaire we gave you. Oh, thank you. About um, uh, wrestling fans essentially being uh, ma like male sports fans. Well, and... yeah, tell us what yeah, you said. Please, you better please, explain please. it than we can. Um. Well, okay. So I think that like a lot of men aren't really in touch with their emotions and don't believe that they're allowed to have very rich emotional lives for sure and so i think that those men tend to like be attracted to sports because like sports is drama like it's yeah like, <laughs> you know you win you lose i mean it's like you know the last two minutes are the most exciting like obviously lots of drama there yeah mm -hmm. but like those men aren't really like connected to that but the men who like wrestling like get that like having emotions is a lot of fun and so like they have fun with their sports i think and we love that so the match we picked for you it kind of highlights that i feel like you were leading into that mike yeah um so it was it was kind of a challenge but we thought that a, a really good kind of universal theme um that a lot of us deal with is looking up to someone um whether that's like a parent or just a, a mentor or just someone that you watched on TV or whatever, and then you see them, um, either you surpass them or they start to break down and they're not what kind of what they used to be. And that makes you sad. 
Um, and that's kind of the situation that we have on our hands here in this match. Interesting. Um, because we have two wrestlers. One is Ric Flair, who is uh, arguably the greatest pro wrestler of all time. And if, the, if these names are familiar, feel free to interject okay. as well. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like a – he was just a, a huge star in wrestling, and in the 80s he was the jam. He was having, like, amazing matches all the time. And um, then uh, the other wrestler is called Shawn Michaels. And in the 90s, he was basically kind of doing the same thing. And in the uh, early 2000s, the aughts, which is when this match takes place. I think it's 2008. Uh, I have it here. Can I, I have a wrestling question? Yeah. I remember for like a short period of time, and maybe it's still happening, there was like some big like Bible influence with wwe and it was like john 316 oh so what is that so it was um that that is a uh stone cold steve austin thing Mm -hmm. and it's uh the thing that kind of became his catchphrase and that made him and where that comes from is actually uh this goes back to episode two with brian ronan um he had a um a match with uh, a wrestler who was coming back and his kind of um, not really his gimmick, but his new life philosophy was he was a born again Christian. And so he had stopped his excessive drinking and drug use, um, at least for that time. And sort of his new lease on life was Christianity. And, um, Stone Cold beat him in the, in this King of the Ring tournament, which kind of was important at the time, um, put him into place to kind of be a bigger star in the company. And, um, he cut a promo uh, which is just an interview where he um, kind of referenced that and said, you you thump your Bible, you talk about your John 3.16, while Austin 3.16 says, I just whipped your ass. Ah, okay. So that's where the 3.16 is. I mean, yeah. they have, like, and then the next Sunday, you go into church, they were teaching that at Sunday school. They're like, this is a new verse in it the Bible. basically <laughs> became its own religion. But that's yeah. funny because that, that's now two people, Brian, uh, Ronan, and yourself, not wrestling fans, no history of wrestling, but do know of that somewhere in their consciousness, which is a very important moment in wrestling history. It's pretty amazing. It speaks to the 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 widespread popularity, like the infiltration of the like the cultural, like the zeitgeist of Stone Cold. Even people that have nothing to do with wrestling or or don't like it, don't care about it, have at some point seen or heard yeah either through celebrity death match or like the got milk ads <laughs> or like you, you know it's like stone, oh my God. stone cold got got in people's brains yeah you know by any means well speaking of that uh who's your favorite wrestler Catherine? oh yeah oh i know we, you. A- we asked this of everyone that's a good question um i it can also be it can be fictional no, the one that's coming to mind right now is The Undertaker. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. We haven't talked enough about The Undertaker on cool. this podcast, but so the yeah, good good pick. Yeah. Anyone yeah. else comes to mind? Um I mean, I, Hulk Hogan, obviously. I right. mean, I feel like he mm-hmm. You're a little kid. Yeah, yeah, he reminds me of my youth. But The Undertaker does too. I don't know when he came about. Yeah, kind of in a little bit same, later, but still, still yeah. same genre, like same era of wrestling. I'd say it was still the colorful, uh, larger than life character work of the early '90s, late '80s. What did you like about the Undertaker? Um, so 
my family experienced a lot of loss early on. Like I lost mm-hmm. my mom when she died when I was five. Wow. My grandpa died when I was three. Mm. My dad, the little brother I was talking about, my dad married a woman who was a widow mm-hmm. and um, when I was seven. And so that whole side of my family had also experienced loss. And so it was like, oh, like this is something I identify with that yeah. I didn't feel like a lot of people... Well, none of my peers really identified with that. Yeah. So I liked it. I liked him for that reason. So like the concept of death, you know, that we don't really think about it, at least certainly not in our like childhood until it hits us personally. Like kids probably didn't really understand what an undertaker was. For but sure. You had yeah. an acute understanding of what an actual, you know, like what an actual death felt like. Yeah. And so I like I just thought he was. Um, like he, he kind of had that Andre the Giant, like he was yeah. kind of a gentle yeah. giant kind of yeah. a guy, and yeah. so like I liked silent, that energy. I dude. think, yeah. and I think it's funny because like then coming to me who didn't experience any death until I was well into uh, like freshman year of high school, um, I just saw him as a spooky guy. Oh. <laughs> so which I think as a kid really grabbed me as well. Just as he's again tall, silent, big purple gloves, big black outfit huge hat but no that's that's awesome that you're seeing it through that lens i mean not awesome the situation that got you there (laughs) that sucks but yeah Yeah. did you find him like comforting in a way yeah definitely like well absolutely in the same way like andre the giant is like just like he had that presence i think and the way he like walked across the ring i remember being like um Yeah, just thinking he had, like, a gentle nature to him. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) I always felt like, um, because originally The Undertaker started as a bad guy, but when I was really into wrestling, um, he had kind of turned into a good guy, or a baby face is what it's called. And um, so to me, he was always, like, a giant killer. If there was ever somebody who was the biggest, the baddest, the nastiest, Yokozuna... Um, whoever, uh, who was like a 600 pound, just monster that just like crushed everyone. (laughs) But I felt like the undertaker could, could like balance the scales and like set things right because he had this like supernatural ability about him. And he literally Mm -hmm. power slammed Yokozuna. So did he, did he ever pile drive him too? I think he's piled. He had, I think they no. had a match at WrestleMania no, once. No, Bo's making this stuff up history, again. This is history, Kevin. This happened. Don't. <laughs> so what, ha- what will happen during the podcast is Bo will make stuff up Uh-oh, and okay. say it like it's real. <laughs> no, this, I swear. He never slammed Yokozuna. The only person. <laughs> he never slammed Yokozuna. Did someone slammed Yokozuna? Lex Luger did. Oh, fuck that With guy. With a lot of help from Yoko. I hate that. Well, anyway. Wait, Lex Luger seem- sounds familiar. What's his deal? Oh, he's... <laughs> <laughs> Why do you so remember what episode Bo was it? Last episode, it was last episode, Bo was or no, it was two episodes ago. Whatever. I was lamenting my uh, just talking about how little I love Lex Luger, mm. and then Michael presented me with four types of Lex Lugers through over the yeah. years, which was my favorite. And I just <laughs> don't like any. It was of kind them. of a who's your favorite wrestler, but it was a who's your favorite Lex Luger. Who's, yeah, who's your Lex favorite? Luger who's for- your favorite? Who's your favorite Luger? <laughs> Luger. That'll be good. I'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have little jingles and stuff that we play during. The, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Catherine's listened to one of the episodes. I think she listened I did. to Joel. Thank you. No, I listened to Brian Ronan. Oh, the very oh, first one. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Joel. Fuck you. 
How do you feel better, Brian? Complaining about us giving I you know. shit. I know. <laughs> Complaining. Gee, we're, we want our money back. That's right. For having you, for when we paid him off to be on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Well, you gave them actual money. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now everyone's like going to expect, now everyone's going to expect it. I keep, I shouldn't, mm, I shouldn't mention these things. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, the match that we're going to uh, show you. It's 2008. 2008. Okay. Um, basically, Shawn Michaels is still a relatively young man. Um, he is not like in the prime of his career, but he can still go just about as good as he ever did. Yeah. Um, Ric Flair, on the other hand, is in his 60s. He is. Is he legit in his 60s? Or is this exact? Do we know? Um, I believe he's in his 60s. He, this is yeah, fun. please look it up. Um, but but it's a little bit like, um, yeah, like an, a sports star that was great. 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago, um, trying to keep up in uh, a young man's or a young person's game. And so the storyline is uh, that Sean idolized Ric Flair growing up. This was his hero. This is what got him into wrestling, who he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But now he sees Rick is uh, older and not what he used to be. Yeah. And so that kind of breaks his heart. So he wants to be the man that ends his career. Well, because that's been Ric Flair's catchphrase since forever. Is in order to be the man, you have to beat the man. Ric mm. Flair's the man. So basically, that's Shawn Michaels is like, okay, no, I want to be the man now. I guess I have to beat the man. Mm. And if I win, reluctantly even. And if I win, you quit because yeah, you if you're not going to be the best, then I don't want to see you do it anymore. So what happens? <gasps> we're gonna watch we're it we're gonna find out wait real quick yeah because this freaked me out a little bit today oh um what were you all doing in 2008 oh 2000 so i uh myself in 2008 i actually was not watching wrestling so uh i haven't watched this match in about five years and five years ago was the first time i watched it um and yeah he was born in 1949 uh, so we were, he was 60 or 59 years old. So you were right on the, yeah. good okay. job. Good cool. job, Michael. Sweet. Um, what was I saying? I lost my track. Where oh, you 2008. 2008. Yeah. I, he was like here. Yeah. I just graduated college cause I went back and did it over and did it. So I was here, but no, I wasn't <laughs> watching wrestling. I started back up two years later. So that was what I was doing in 2008. And that was in Vancouver. What about you, Mike? Um, I had just graduated. Um, or I was either about to graduate or I had just graduated from the University of Oregon. Um, and I had, I was not really watching wrestling mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I think I was kind of still paying attention on some level. Like before the WWE Network, WWE had like a, a kind of an interesting little subscription service where you paid, I don't know, like five bucks or something like better website stuff yeah yeah. you paid five bucks and you got like 10 matches a month from the archives um that but you didn't get to pick them or anything they just kind of showed them to you so i think i was probably still watching that way and like kind of watching wrestling on youtube every once in a while but i was kind of i was out of it i was doing other stuff i was kind of getting ready to start covering mma as a (laughs) <laughs> like a sports writer mm-hmm. and uh I, I was pretty directionless uh in my life at that point 
What were you doing in 2008? In 2008, I was working for the Hawaii Republican Party. I actually had two jobs. Um, oh my God, so that was yes, real. Yes, that was real. I thought that might, <laughs> okay, so Catherine, that might have been real. She used this in an improv scene during practice one yeah. day. And it seems so succinct and on point. It's, it's good to hear that it's real. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us. Yeah. So no, for um, so but in 2008, I actually had two jobs. The first was, um, I worked. This is horrible. I worked for the coal industry. Cool. Oh wait. Okay. <laughs> to um, try to get the people who were attending Obama and Hillary rallies. Yeah. To ask questions about coal energy oh, from I the see. audience. So uh-huh. we would like pass out materials, but then we would also give out like coffee and donuts and t shirts and all kinds of things to get yeah, people you were to a talk little to us. Mini coal lobbyists. I was a little coal lobbyist. <laughs> yeah. Fine. That's like the same that's like basically the same enterprise that we have going here with the podcast. It's yeah. just slightly yeah. slightly yeah. different. But yeah, it's anyways, like the same it, as like a tub and tan. Yeah. You're exactly. giving- Giving out little gift baskets and gift certificates and stuff to get people to to ask kind of like favorable questions about coal. Yeah, just to get people to bring up the idea of coal as an energy source um, throughout the United States. In order to hear the potential candidates uh, rally against it to get the other voter base to not vote for them. So, no, it's it's a thing like lots of industries do called astroturfing mm-hmm. where Whoa. they just basically pay yeah. for grassroots support uh-huh. and so like we just were basically the grassroots people but we were all being paid mm-hmm. to like go and pass out materials and get people to ask and talk How'd about you find yourself in that so for 12 years i worked for the republican party okay. um yeah. i started as an intern when i was 19 my okay. family was super conservative growing up yeah and um yeah, so I mine did. too, Me, yeah. yeah. So mine still are. <laughs> in the in two thousand seven, I was working for Rudy Giuliani and on his presidential race, and <laughs> as you all. Wow. I, bet you just, I bet you just love watching him squirm these days, huh? Oh my god, my life is so <laughs> surreal right now. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So like, um, Rudy Giuliani's campaign obviously did not go well. He did not become the republican nominee that year you didn't no no he didn't make it so then um i was looking around and um a friend of a friend knew this person who was hiring for the coal industry so i went and did that and then um i ended up in hawaii which was like the best job move ever so i got a job as the finance director for the hawaii republican party and i raised money for them oh and then i came here in 2010 and worked on my last Republican campaign when Chris Dudley ran for governor of mm-hmm. Oregon. Oh my God! You worked on Chris Dudley's government campaign. I did. Yes. Bit? I did. So, yes. So Chris Dudley is a former Portland Trailblazer and like was not a great ball player. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a big, like a big dork, and just like a, one of the, one, a, just a like a Caucasian center. <laughs> You know He's not I mean? too tall, not too short. He's right in the middle, right in the center. I don't, I don't center. know what the draw was to Duds, but um, yeah, on a like on a personal level, he seems to have some pretty um, unfortunate, uh, close-minded views. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely a lot of people I hung out with then. <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong. Not your worldview currently. No, no, not at <laughs> so all. So I want to know all. if you're willing to share on this podcast that has roughly ten listeners. If that, what happened that made it change for you? If you're willing to share, if not, we can move right into the match. Um. No, the first thing that made me leave politics was the lifestyle is really hard. You know, you have to like get a new job every year, basically, and mm. you're moving around the country a lot. And like, that's just hard and disruptive or it was for me. So I knew I wanted to get out of it. And I thought that I wanted to go back to school to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. And so I thought in order to support myself, I could do nonprofit fundraising and the very first nonprofit I got a job with was a social services organization. And I really learned like the other side. And at the same time, there was a study out that's now since been debunked, but it was true for me that talked about like how you change people's view is you tell your stories. Mm -hmm. And so that's what a lot of nonprofit fundraising is, is it's learning people's stories and like telling them, in a way that honors them in order to get support. And so um, I definitely just had my eyes opened in that way. And then I'm also a lesbian. And so, gosh, up until, what, 2010, (laughs) um, the Democrats didn't even support marriage equality. Um, And so, so that was also a game changer for me when they came out and supported marriage equality. And I thought, okay. Now I can really choose a team as well. So, um, so it was a lot of things, um, but mostly it was just having my eyes, my eyes open to like what what people are really experiencing that I hadn't because of a lot of privilege in my life. Awesome. It was really awesome and brave of you to share that. Yeah. Thank you. That's so cool. Thanks. And now yeah. we're going to watch a wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. In an industry that is sometimes riddled with some pretty sketchy shit. But this match, chef's kiss. Woo-hoo. I mean, we think anyway. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of the story? Just from the kind of basic yeah. thing that I said. Um, I think it's really interesting and exciting. And yeah, like seeing your hero fall is hard and difficult, but also can be really re-energizing. So I'm excited about that. Cool. Awesome. Well, here it goes. We're going to watch it right now. With the all-important ECW championship match now decided, the excitement in the Citrus Bowl is palpable as only one more match now remains before this crowd will be treated to the highly anticipated Bunny Mania Tag Team Lumberjill Extravaganza. Where are the Lumberjills? Someone screams incredulously at ringside. For Christ's sake, is this or is this not bunny mania? As security personnel politely requests that the belligerently impatient fan return to his seat, we are treated to a beautiful video package highlighting the 35-year career of Ric Flair. Soundtracked by the iconic, instantly recognizable classic 
Leave the Memories Alone by future Rock and Roll Hall of Famers and era-transcending, generation-defining Pennsylvania four-piece fuel. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> this is... <laughs> There's like there's like two minutes of this. I so feel. it's 2008. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. What is this music? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's iconic. So it's 2008. <laughs> it's iconic. <laughs> Looking back, the years of my fans, like fan service that I've given to Ric Flair, I think of this song. No, shut up. <laughs> Get out of here. As everyone wipes the tears from their eyes and quietly thanks the Lord God for allowing that perfect song into their lives, the man who will be playing the part of the devil himself this evening traverses the arena's long and brightly colored ramp with the supreme confidence that a 42-year-old man can only feel in the moments before he is about to wrestle a 59-year-old man. So what do you think about Sean's outfit? I'm big on outfits. I like Sean's outfit. Like, it says, I'm a cowboy, maybe, but also maybe a motorcycle rider. Now, when you see this outfit, (laughs) (laughs) do you think he's cute? Do you think he's sexy? Do you think he has the moves that drive all the girls wild? No. Okay. Well, because that's what he's saying in his lyrics. And so are you calling Shawn Michaels a liar? I think more I'm calling myself someone not interested in men. But look how low he gets I here I think it's second. more important that you just understand the distinction between him being a sexy boy, but not a boy toy. <laughs> he's okay, not your boy you. toy. Thank You're you. right. Yeah, yeah. He's no one's boy toy. He's just a sexy boy. Got it. Next, we are treated to nothing less than an ocular feast as the nature boy struts down the aisle, perhaps for the very last time, adorned in the most gorgeously ostentatious robes that anyone has ever worn in the history of the world. He looks like a large and sexual bird baked for many hours in the heat of the sun and yet somehow still coiled like a spring ready to take flight at a moment's notice. He did like the whoosh. She loves it. I do too. The whole world does. These beautiful blue velvet tights. It looks like a diaper, though. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yes, that's fair. But look at Flair's back, man. Look how... I'm... I'm a big body mark. I like bodies. And okay. he's got a killer six-year-old man body. His back is huge. Look at it. Look how big his back is. These two great former champions begin their match by exchanging respectful wrestling holds, but that facade of decorum soon evaporates in favor of a nice edge chop pissing contest which these formerly notorious party animals embrace with the commitment of a drunk 19 year old challenging a police officer to a foot race oh god (laughs) that was loud holy crap oh shit I like to say at, at the drop of a hat Oh, yeah, you get to see real, real good turkey baster old man body in this match. But Like, what are the rules of wrestling? Technically, a closed fist to the face, so a punch to the face, is illegal. 
mm-hmm. which is why you see guys using elbows and those those knife chop. edge chops. And you have to be down for three? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, three count with your shoulders down. And obviously, mm-hmm. low blows are illegal. Yeah, no hitting in the crotch. No hitting in the groin. Uh, no eye gouging, things like that. A okay. back rake is technically illegal too. You scratch your nails in their back. I love the idea that Catherine would have been like, if you hadn't said that, she would have been like, okay, but what about the back rake? Because I'm curious. Is that legal? I'm curious. No, the back rake, Catherine, is where they rake the back. <laughs> it's like a John Madden play. You know, they score points, got to get a touchdown. Thanks, John Madden. Really, that's like King. After suffering the unique humiliation of being victimized by a successful Ric Flair flying body press, Shawn Michaels seeks revenge by throwing the Nature Boy outside the ring where Michaels attempts to end Flair's career with a spectacular acai moonsault, but instead he succeeds only in ending his own ability to breathe pain-free as his ribs collide with the edge of the cursed Spanish announce table. Oh, no, I don't remember anything in this match. I don't remember that. I don't remember it. I don't remember it. So the table's gigged, but not that corner. (laughs) Now like a very old shark that smells a Werther's original dropped into the ocean, Flair capitalizes on Michael's mistake and punishes the younger man's ribs, stomping him into the mat and then scoring a near fall with a textbook belly-to-back suplex. (laughs) Okay, what? So, okay, explain the laugh. Oh, um, just like there's a 61-year-old man <laughs> yeah. Yeah. with another man yeah. hoisted above his head yeah. and he just drops on the ground. That's fair. <laughs> but Michael strikes back with the youthful temerity of a man who still has approximately 70% of his hair, flooring the former 16-time world champion with his patented flying forearm, followed by his iconic elbow drop off the top rope. But when the time comes to pull the trigger on his finishing maneuver, Michaels finds himself gun shy. Sweet Chin Music is silenced by the surprised gasps of this capacity audience. But Flair is not among the dumbstruck peons. This wily veteran mongoose requires no urging to punish Michaels for his foolish sympathy, tripping him to the mat and tying him up in the vaunted figure four leg lock. Reluctance. Never (laughs) show reluctance, Sean. Although Michaels manages to escape the dreaded grapevine, Flair stays on him like a rabid wolverine, targeting the knee of the heartbreak kid to set up yet another torturous execution of the figure four. But Michaels has had absolutely enough of that bullshit, which he communicates by nearly kicking all of the teeth out of Ric Flair's fucking head. Guys, got oh. strut. <laughs> strut it up, Rick. Rick is so tired. Oh! oh no! He sold that like a champ. 
but in classic nature boy fashion, Flair responds by kicking all of Sean's testicles right out of his testicles. The old lion is pulling out all the stops. Ladies and gentlemen, the dirtiest player in the game is not yet ready to spend his afternoons playing pinochle and explaining to his grandchildren over the phone that his spiteful and jealous next-door neighbor, Phyllis, is sneaking her dog out in the middle of the night to poop on Rick's front lawn. No, this beautiful man who is but a mere three years from collecting fucking social security checks clearly has designs on wrestling well into his 60s, his 70s, perhaps even into his fucking 80s. It's fun to see the old guy come back this hard. Yeah. (laughs) I'm rooting for him. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> Rick Flair is very tired right now. He's so tired. <laughs> Unfortunately, this fairy tale of infinite senior citizen wrestling now comes to a crashing halt. However, as Michaels embodies the angry stepfather who has to get up early tomorrow morning for work, no more video games. He screams at the top of his lungs as he kicks Flair in his saggy face once again. And now, with his fading hero somehow struggling back to his feet, Michaels, with tears in his eyes, says goodnight to Papa Rick, finishing the legendary career of the nature boy with one final dose of sweet chin music. He just doesn't want to beat him yeah. anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you. Oh. Kick to the face. <laughs> Yay! It's such a good match. The crowd is on its feet, celebrating Flair's effort tonight. And every night of his fucking career, Flair exits the ring with his head held high. His WWE career may be over, but his legend will live forever. Finally, the fan at ringside exclaims, now we can begin Bunny Mania. What'd you think, Catherine? Just uh, first impression of the whole thing. I really liked it. It was interesting. I am surprised that someone that old would put their body through that much. Right? <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, it also, like, I learned about capoeira recently. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is sort of, I guess... Related to an old tradition in South America. Yeah, and we talked about that with Brian as well. That's oh, did you really? Brian oh, okay. callbacks. That's great. <laughs> that's oh. cool. Yeah, I I think that stuff is really interesting and, and beautiful and fun to watch. Yeah. Do they... I have a lot of questions. Yeah, ask like, away. Do they practice? Like, do they rehearse what they're going to do in the match? Yes and no. Okay. So some people do 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that's certainly more common today. Uh, a lot of stuff, modern wrestling that you'll see is very highly like choreographed. Yeah. It's okay. very clear that every move has been rehearsed. Okay. In this match, no. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the story, as I understand it, is that Sean just told Rick before, um, don't worry about anything. Let's go out there and have fun. And then Sean called everything in the in the ring, <laughs> which is how they used okay. to do it. Yay. I'm glad you liked it. That was it's it's really fun. Um, could you ever see yourself watching it uh, alone or with people that are not Mike and Bo? <laughs> no, maybe not now, but eventually. I don't think it's something I'm gonna seek out. Right, but I enjoyed watching it. Cool. Yeah, that's really all I care about. What are your other questions? Do you yeah. have any others? That's what that what that's what would happen. Yeah, we we're doing questions. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, let me think. I did have some. So who decides who's going to win ahead of time? Is it like some sort of... Usually each uh, like brand or whatever. Because there used to be territories where like this part of the country would have this couple of mm-hmm. companies. But there'd be a main booker that would write with all the all the uh, the wrestlers, uh, write their storylines. Or not their general, like the arc of, of, of where it could go in X number of months or whatever. Um Siege of the Booker is the one who determines who wins and who loses. And in this case, the ultimate final say is Vince McMahon. Yeah. Because he owns the company. It's his show. The mud, the waters can get a little muddy if you have a situation where a guy doesn't uh, or a wrestler doesn't want to lose to another wrestler mm. for whatever personal reasons yeah. or in mm-hmm. situations like that. But generally, it's like the owner of the, of the wrestling company um, or whoever's in charge of the the kind of the, the matchmaking and storylines will say, okay, you'll beat you, you'll beat you, you'll beat you in order for us to get here down the line story-wise. And then in the middle of that, if the audience is not reacting how the booker thinks there should be reacting, mm-hmm. a good booker adapts the stories to that. So if the crowd is favoring Ric Flair over Shawn Michaels, even though Shawn Michaels went in as the good guy, let's say, mm-hmm. um, they'll use that as to inform their storyline progress. They're like, okay, so the crowd's actually liking this character now. So maybe they should be the good guy and oh, wow. slowly revolve that story, change that story because of that. Um, so yeah, crowd reaction. So crowds do play a huge part in the storytelling as well. I think anyway, that's interesting. And then like, so there's like Tuesday night raw and WrestleMania is WrestleMania like something that's filmed over like a couple of days and then shown over a few months or no. So they, well, they do take over an entire weekend in whatever city they go to or almost the entire week um, leading up to it as well. Um, but the actual show itself is always on a Sunday. That's when okay. wrestling pay-per-views for WWE anyway happen for their main brand. And uh, it's live for like a chunk of Got nowadays, it. almost seven hours, which is ridiculous, but wow. I watch it all. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yes, that's the show itself. But they do take over the entire city with like events and go get your si- like a your autograph signings, that kind of stuff in the okay. city. So, so like WrestleMania, you just watch once a year. Correct. Got it. Okay. But yeah, they do have the weekly shows. Got it. Okay. Those are the TV shows, and the the idea, at least in the old days, was that you well, the old days, uh, <laughs> in the cable TV <laughs> days, you would have your weekly cable show, mm-hmm. and then that would encourage people you would uh essentially uh create material to encourage people to buy your pay-per-view got it which is what a wrestlemania is that mm-hmm. was the wwf's first 
um, pay-per-view. And uh, for a while they had four a year, so one every three months. But now they have one every month. Um, And it's not even really a pay-per-view anymore because if you have the $10 subscription, you you get to watch it um, basically for that $10 a month. Um, So it's a little bit... It's a little bit different, but basically, yes. WrestleMania is the biggest wrestling show in the entire world of the entire year. Got it. Yeah. So, the high school wrestler? Yeah. This is his, like, the high school basketball player thinks about the NBA? Yeah. The high school wrestler thinks about the WWE? Maybe. Okay. But I would say not so much anymore, but yes. still They still want to get to... Because um, I, I have a couple friends that are wrestlers that are local here in in the city, and yeah, their ultimate goal is to f- get to a company that will allow them to be on TV and get their name out there, their brand. Well, she's talking yeah. about high school amateur wrestlers, okay, mm-hmm. not indie pro wrestlers. I would say uh, a a lot of indie uh, amateur wrestlers from high school do go into pro wrestling, but mm-hmm. probably a lot less than we we think, because it's just a different it's a different thing under the guise of being wrestling i think i think if they're a pro wrestling fan to begin with then maybe yes but if they just grew up wrestling uh folk style um amateur wrestling then their goal is probably more like get into a division one wrestling program and wrestle in college at uh minnesota or iowa or you know. Yeah, because they could be like a real stick in the mud and just have no personality, so they would never make it in the business. Because you have to have that aspect as well. You know, you got to be a performer. Mm-hmm. And the ultimate goal might be to go to the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's where it's sort of like if they already like wrestling, I then you end up with people that are doing amateur wrestling that also like pro wrestling. But I think there's a fair section of amateur wrestling that. Uh, at least in the past. Now, I, be- I bet it's more kind of fun and open. But yeah. at least in the past, there was a resentment oh. to pro wrestling because that stuff's fake. Yeah. We're right. real. Mm-hmm. Um, but nowadays, it's more mat wrestling style where they're actually on the ground all over each other is getting more popular in the mainstream as in this type of scenario as professional wrestling, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see some of those wrestlers being like, okay, I can learn these real this real shit in high school and college and apply it towards... The, the performance fake shit later or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. I've learned so much. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm, um, I think I have an idea about, what? are you changing something on no, me? No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> trying to think. I'm, I think I might have an idea about what to show Catherine. If we have her back on the program. Okay. Oh, I'll come back. We're not going to tell you. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, tell me in the outro. I will. You have to listen to the show to hear it. Okay. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. I will. Tricky. Anyway, so we're going to get into uh, rating this monster, reviewing oh, yeah. this monster. We do that in this show. We haven't had a guest in a few weeks, so we haven't had the input from them, but ratings are super fun. So you listen to the Brian Ronan show. We have the five ratings. If you forgot. I did. Okay. So we rate on five categories, which I should have told you before we started watching. So you could have watched out for them. Mm -hmm. But you love the match. You remember everything about it. So you'll vote with your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. So we have uh, the shithouse score. We have uh, the flippy flop score. Now we'll tell you what these mean here in a second. The TI-86 calculator score, the Melrose places score, and the Chaplin score. These are all out of five. Um, This The reason Mike decided, hey. the highest. Five, five is the highest. Okay. You can never go higher or lower okay. than zero. <laughs> but anyway, Mike was like, we we love Dave Meltzer, who re- has been reviewing wrestling since we were kids. We love him. 
and his score scores, but we want a better, more comprehensive structure. Mike, would you agree? Yeah, a more complete, perfect, flawless way to look at and understand a wrestling match and really inform the world. Yeah. Um, change the world, really. And Catherine, yeah. I just yeah. need to understand system. this real quick. Yeah. Okay. We've been contacted by colleges and universities yeah. to be like, hey, we hear you have this data and we're really looking to uh, plug it in. Yeah. Yeah. To, we're looking <laughs> to our databases. Yeah. Can we borrow your algorithm, mm-hmm. essentially? We love yeah. your data. Can we put it in our databases? I I can see that. I was like, wow, this is a very dra- data-driven show. Yeah. So yeah. David Meltzer, he gave this match a 3.5 out of 5 stars. Okay. Which I think is pretty good, but not as good as how we're going to rate this. So we'll start now with Mike. Uh, give us your shithouse score and also tell Catherine what the shithouse score represents. Yeah, sh- the shithouse score is uh, really uh, just how much you felt like they beat the shit out of each other. Uh, how, uh, yeah, how, how much, uh, did, were people really getting knocked around and, and beat the shit out of, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I think with like Shawn Michaels, like crash into the table, yeah. like he bit, beat the shit out of himself at like a level four. Yeah. But like actual people hurting each other, it seemed like a two. Okay. Yeah. So cool. you're going to give the shit houses a two. Yeah. Okay. Good. Mike, what what about you? Um, I think I'm gonna give it a two and a half. Okay. I think Catherine was real good. I think your your score was prudent. I really do because there was some good. Uh, there was some chopping. You know, uh, really loud chopping. Really loud <laughs> chopping. Um, and uh, they went at each other, but I wouldn't call this match a necessarily a a knockdown drag out shit house. Yeah. It wasn't a Vader match, you know. No, it wasn't yeah. a Vader what match. What do you think? Um Yeah, I would I would agree too. Okay. And now here's the part <laughs> no 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 he's okay. Here's the part where he says it and then we wait. Okay. And now he changes it. Two. I dropped the mic. Did you hear it? Did you hear me drop it? <laughs> wow. This is a first. Wow. No, I think it too for all the same things. It wasn't, it, it's, it was not very shit house. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's better things that describe this match, which we'll get to here in a second. And the only blood was self-inflicted. Yeah. I think he got yeah. either, either the chop or slap or punch or whatever it was either hit his lip into his tooth or he just bit it himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or both. Maybe he bit it because he got hit. Maybe something like that, but yeah, Sean slapping him in the face, kind of shit house. Two, still two. <laughs> still two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, flippy flops is the second score. This is uh, out of five. How many uh, flippies and floppies they did? So stuff off the top rope, um, anything airborne, that kind of stuff. So I'll give my rating first. I think flippy floppies. <laughs> this is so fun to say. Uh, one point five. See, there we go. <laughs> there we go. I liked uh, uh, the the moonsault to the gut buster that he did, that Shawn Michaels did uh, on the outside to the to the announcing commentator's table. That looked really painful. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's like the elbow drop. There's Flair did something off the top rope that was scary and 
terrifying looking. It's crossbody. Okay. It's just a, oh, it's a standard crossbody. It's a sixty-year-old crossbody. Yeah. So the crossbody is the uh, the number one move a wrestler learns off the top rope. I think. The funny thing is, is that that crossbody looked the exact same in nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> there was no difference. That's impressive. Yeah. More leathery skin hitting the other guy is the only difference. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, one point five I think from me, Catherine. Um, as someone not used to wrestling, I gave it a five for the flippy floppies. All right, wow! I am just really impressed with Shawn Michaels' jump onto the table. Yeah, the belly flop on the table. Like, <laughs> oh, good! It looks so painful. The, I don't know how you couldn't give that a five. Fair. Yeah. yeah. Fair. Cool. Wait till you see a flippy floppy match. Yeah. <laughs> this makes me really excited to show you um, like a Lucha Libre match. Yeah. Um, with just like that's the um, the norm rather than the exception. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I agree that if you watch, if you're not exposed to a lot and like, uh, like in that match, seeing uh, Sean do that was uh, really like i don't know maybe not disturbing but it was definitely like uh, uh rattling to your senses yes. right it's yes. like a guy that's like 10 feet in the air just like did a backflip and landed face first on his thought table. he was he thought he was yeah. gonna go a little bit further so he'd land softly on the nice cushiony table itself but no, oh my <laughs> he hit the spine. right on the edge <laughs> yeah. of the fucking table um but yeah believe it or not there's wrestling that is like 75% that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah. I have no context, clearly. So. Yeah. Um, I think just because I've seen super flippy stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I am I agree with you, actually. I think one and a half is a good score uh, just based on because it wasn't really Sean's moonsault was like the only really aerial thing. Yeah, you know, besides the elbow and the and the, cro- <laughs> and the, and the be- that beautiful cross body that Rick hit, but it was done really well. I mean, you couldn't have planned a better uh, a better landing than. La- <laughs> I, mean, I landing don't think it was planned at all. So <laughs> painful. Um, just the way that it just doesn't give. Uh-uh. It just everything else on the table falls <laughs> except for the front half. Except for what he lands on. Yeah. So anyway, it was executed perfectly. Um, but yeah, there was really just that one. So one and a half. Awesome. <laughs> but now we move on to the TI eighty six calculators. And what is that, Mike? Yeah. That's like the um like how uh how real the wrestling part of it felt. Like the the um both how um good everything you thought looked uh and how uh kind of uh believable the holds and stuff seemed to you got it yeah. okay okay what's your score mike i'll lead off and say for me this was i would i would say a two and a half for me I thought there was some good stuff. I I really liked how uh, Sean kind of brought the figure four back in a way. Yeah. Because at that point, the figure four leg lock at one time, a really like devastating maneuver Mm -hmm. that was really protected pretty well um, by the guys that used it going back to like, you know, nature boy, buddy Rogers in the fifties and sixties and stuff. But by that time, people had stopped really using it as, 
like a finish mm-hmm. and it was more just like a spot that you knew that if a guy was in it, eventually he'd get to the ropes or whatever. And, uh, so you didn't see a lot of people really submitting to it. Uh, even with, even with Ric Flair, like a lot of times the sort of, he, he would joke about the fact that like he won 16 world championships or whatever. And like none of them were with the figure <laughs> four. <laughs> um, and he also was like, 16 time world champion and I, he said like he he only won 16 matches in his entire yeah. career because the rest of them he would lose by yeah. disqualification or whatever it's kind of the same thing with the figure four but there were legitimate moments of drama for me in that match watching it especially when he got that figure four on the second time for sure where i was like oh shit like maybe they're gonna end it this way and like rick's <laughs> gonna keep wrestling mm-hmm. um so the way that they he kind of brought it back and protected the figure four uh, there was some of the grappling and stuff was sloppy. Rick is definitely not what he once was. Um, but overall, I think they did they did a good job. So it was right in the middle for me, a two and a half. Two and a half. Catherine? Um, I have to say a one. Like, I felt like Rick Flair was so slow. It's <laughs> 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 a good art. Yeah, it's fair. Rose colored glass from Michael there. <laughs> Like, uh, especially with the sliding kick that Shawn Michael did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, Ric Flair just sat there and waited for it to come for, I don't know, 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Yeah. That that really stuck out as a bad moment for mm-hmm. me, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's really what I'm basing my score on. Cool. <laughs> I like so far both your scores. Just that that one millisecond moment gets this score. <laughs> the moonsault gets the five. <laughs> I love it. It's wonderful. <laughs> Um, oh, so what did you say? You said one. One, okay. If I could give it a zero, I would. You can. You can. Oh, zero. Okay. 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 Yeah. You hated it. Zero from the heart. <laughs> Bo? Um, I would say uh, two. Okay. Um, And here's my single solo reason. So I don't feel like Rick worked the ribs enough. I felt like... Because I noticed Sean was holding it, and then you brought up that he did the moonsault, probably hurt himself, and then he was nursing those ribs at the match. But I didn't feel like Rick saw that and said, okay, now I should change up how I should be fighting this guy to attack his ribs. But I could be wrong. I think you're right. Like, his plan was to be the man, which is not a very good plan. (laughs) Well, that's just, like, your opinion, man. I love that because it is that was the whole promo before the match started. What's your plan here, Rick? I'm planning to be the man. Okay, get out there, buddy. You're 60. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd think that they'd give him a little more than 10 seconds for his last promo ever. <laughs> it's really good. So what I say, two and a half, two? Two. Two. Maybe three. <laughs> no, I'll stick with two. I think my two and a half was me really wanting it to be a two and a half because yeah. just wanted Nate. Well, this is one of the lowest Meltzer scored matches on our entire list. Mm-hmm. Probably because he's 60 years old. <laughs> but still, 3.5 out of 5. Good good from Meltzer's point of view. Pretty good. I think Meltzer was probably also feeling a little bit of nostalgia when he yeah. was creating it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was that was uh, that was what TI eighty six calculators. Melrose Place. Now we move on to the Melrose Place. This is the real score. 
Melrose Place score is how was the storytelling in this in this match? Uh, outside the ring with the promo stuff, inside with that wonderful promo video we watched, mm-hmm. inside the ring with the with the match storytelling. My score for that is f- 5.5. Oh! Bo breaks the scale a lot. Yeah. That's Bo's style. He really. I mean, you get the point five because it's the retirement match, even though he goes to TNA mere moments later. Like, he gets in his limo after WrestleMania, gets his check from Vince, and then goes straight down to Florida. He's already in, Flo- <laughs> He's already in Florida. He's already in Florida. He just goes straight down the Universal lot, Universal Studios, goes to TNA Wrestling, which stands for exactly what you think it stands oh, for. Oh, man. And- <laughs> well, no, it's, it's th- it doesn't stand for that. It stands for total nonstop yeah, action. It does. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. On their legal paperwork, it stands for that, yes. <laughs> But then he does get in a program with Jay Lethal, where Jay Lethal does a, a spot-on Ric Flair impression. But the storytelling in this match deserves the 5.5 because of the retirement, I think. The I love you, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's the point five. Oh yeah. yeah. That's that extra. And if Rick Ugh. had actually retired <laughs> after the match, I might agree with you. I didn't know that when I watched it. <laughs> I might agree with you. But uh, because he didn't actually retire, <laughs> uh, takes a little bit of this wind out of the sails. <laughs> I do think that the story that they told in the ring was very good. Um, sort of, if you had watched Ric Flair for a long time, you could see a lot of the familiar things that he would do in his matches. Um, and then Sean would put little twists on him and stuff. So things that would like hadn't worked for 30 years, but he would still keep trying, worked in that match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the little, the moves were like, um, you thought Rick was done for, and then he started pulling out the low blows and the little cheap shots and thumb like, in the, and eye. Yeah. the thumb in the eye and the pull in the tights and just trying to get a win by any, you know, that part of his character, which has been there forever. Um, and again, those were moments where my heart kind of jumped and I was like, Oh my God, he's going to do it. Um, so for me, I'm not going to break the scale, but I'll go ahead and give it a five. Cool. Catherine. Yeah, I'm in agreement with all that you've said. Definitely a five. Plus, Shawn Michaels' hair is definitely an homage to Heather Locklear. So I feel like that ups the score for any match that Shawn Michaels in. Very good. Now, just remember, though, I want to reiterate this point. I think it's important. Mm -hmm. Just a sexy boy, not your boy toy. Okay, thank you. Okay. Yeah. He knows he's hot. Mm -hmm. He like he knows he's sexy. And he, Catherine, he has the moves that drives the girls wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great because I love that he's singing it too in it the is, song. It's, it's extra voice. special that it's his voice. And then his. He's his, his own soundtrack. And then the, the woman that's doing the sexy boy, kind of off key and not very good in the song. It's, uh, what's her name? It was his valet for a while. Sherry Martell. Sherry Martell, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, she was shithouse. Yeah, she was a great wrestler. Sherry was so good. Yeah, she was so good. Did we ever explain what shithouse is to you, like, as a thing, a concept? No. No. Because we'd missed it in Ronan's show. Explain shithouse to Catherine real quick. Shithouse is kind of of a feeling. Yeah. You know? In the context of wrestling, it's about um, guys, like, really (laughs) just wearing each other out and, like, beating Mm. the shit out of each other. So, like, if you were... um, at a bar and like a bar fight broke out next to you and there happened to be a guy uh, in like a pair of Levi's 
and um, like a sleeveless uh, Wrangler shirt. And there was only like one button done and the rest was like open. Um, that would be shithouse. Um, if, that if, happened at my high school reunion. See, that's shithouse. Yes, yeah. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> cool. Yeah. It was a, like a bachelorette party. And a, a lady who was dating the husband or the soon to be husband came in and sh- like hit, beat the shit out of the bride. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so That's shit very house. Shit house. Yes. That's the most shit house thing I've ever fucking. We have heard. a new segment in the front of the show before we introduce the guests called "Is It Shit House?" Uh, that would qualify as yes, it's shit house. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's perfect. That's a great okay. example. Perfect. Wow. So where did we leave off? What were we doing just now? Bonus places and now all we fives move on and my point five. The, yeah, chaplains. The chaplains, which is Charlie Chaplin. Okay. So it's physical. It's like comedy. Got it. Got what it. elements of the match, if any, or the story uh, made you laugh or you thought were amusing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bo. Um, <laughs> it's not a funny match. No. But I'm including the promo at the top of the match as the match. Yeah. And the tactic of to be the man is his tactic. Yeah. He's very silly. And that, I think, gives it a, a two. Okay. But everything else I don't think was very funny. Okay. Yeah. Two. Catherine? Um, I would say four, I guess. I liked the Ric Flair robe. It was funny. Yeah. The Ric Flair diaper was really funny. <laughs> yeah. The the promo was very, very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the song and the video package. Yeah. Very funny. Very, very, very good, funny. Yeah. yeah, I mean... Yeah. That's four things. That this goes to your rating system again. That was four things. Wow. One st- one thing got a star for Catherine. Man, I feel like you're tapping into some type of superior consciousness that I want. Like I want a piece of it. You know. I feel like it can be easily manipulated though. Like Catherine, do you know? Do you remember a fifth thing? And then you say it. Like so, probably five stars then. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Mike, what's your, what do you give all the old chappy chaps? Um, I think I'm going to split the difference and call this a two and a half on the chaplains. I agree with everything that you said. Mm-hmm. Um, Flair's old man bod <laughs> and old man hair and the cross body. Um, well, okay, his body yeah. is at the point where he's really, he's great looking for a 60 year old man, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's like if you were to go to Plaid Pantry and buy like the turkey jerky and not the beef jerky. <laughs> and that's what he looks like. He's more of a healthy jerk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's perfect. Turkey jerky body. Um yeah, there were some spots where uh Rick's uh, age definitely showed. Uh like there was a moment where y- you probably didn't know what was supposed to happen, Catherine, but um where they were both on the mat and there's this really cool move uh that that wrestlers sometimes do where they're like locked their upper bodies are locked and the guy on the bottom like bridges up and they kind of both work together uh to to create this gravity defying bridge to get like is it low if you were like rock climbing and Mm -hmm. using counter pressure it's that same kind of idea um and rick just couldn't do it <laughs> well no it was it was sean underneath and rick couldn't do it rick couldn't help enough and she yeah. was too heavy for sean it was just a mess oh. yeah 
But yeah, it's a cool it's a cool way to stop a pinning attempt though, because it's like my shoulders aren't on the ground anymore. But yeah, it's it's hard. When and you're... to get into the spot, Rick had to do like a little somersault. Oh, <laughs> just, that was the headstand he was, spot. Like, totally for yeah, for an astonishing amount of yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so what's your score though? Yeah. But you already told two me. And half, two also, and a half. Also, um, the moment when Sean is gonna kick his head off and then hesitates. Right. And Rick's like. Okay. And he takes advantage <laughs> takes of it. takes his leg and puts Is that Chaplin or is that Melrose? I think it's both. Okay. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was great storytelling and it was funny. So What if Charlie Chaplin showed up on Melrose Place? When did he die? Uh the 1970s, I believe. Right, like pretty much right mm. after he got his lifetime achievement award. So before Melrose Place. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, a good uh, 20 years before Melrose Place. Well, we have holograms now. We can just bring the show back and oh, bring him back good. as a hologram. Perfect. Great idea. I know. That's what I that's I have lots of good ideas. Where is the reboot of Melrose Place? Right? Well 90210 90 failed. Wait, really? It came, it went. They've all failed, I think. <gasps> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You can watch Melrose Place version two, but there's only one season, I think. Oh, okay. So yeah. it was no good. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's great. <laughs> but no, apparently nobody watched. <laughs> so Probably wonderful. Do you like Melrose Place? I loved Melrose Place. I love Melrose Place. I I haven't watched it since it was on, but it was must-see TV for sure. It's all on, like, Netflix or whatever, so. I will have to revisit. Can't recommend it highly enough. (laughs) Can't recommend it highly enough. I never watched it. I'm glad you guys are happy. I'm so happy (laughs) that y'all are thrilled about Melrose Place. That's okay. We'll get you. We'll get you. Cool. On the yeah. Melrose Place. We should do a Melrose Place podcast. <laughs> Are you trying to steal Mike from me, Kat? No. Too late. <laughs> Mike is already... Shit! Mike has been stolen. <laughs> Shit! It's not It's not an if. I don't care for that at all. This is This is happening now. <laughs> Sorry, Bo. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, hey, thank you, Catherine. That was so great. Um, Do you have anything to anything to plug, like Secret Art? Yeah, anything to plug? Or... This comes uh, out <clears throat> next Tuesday. That's the oh, plan. Oh, I totally have something to plug. Yeah, let it rip. Okay. Um, so I work for an arts education nonprofit called Young Audiences, and we're right now in the middle of our campaign to transform curiosity into creativity. And you can make a donation before the end of the year at ya-or.org. Wonderful. Expertly executed. Yeah. Someone with actual things they're doing. And a worthy cause. <laughs> yeah, for right. sure. Do a little giving, everybody. Drop them a Definitely. couple of uh, couple of bucks. And you can see uh, Catherine and Secret Aardvark, uh, which is a Thursday night improv show at Kickstand Comedy. She might not be there every week, but I think you are usually. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The last thing on our docket right. is the wrestling is invocation. We keep this a surprise. Oh. But you listen to Brian's episodes, so you might have heard it. He was I don't remember. Perfect. Ah, great. Shit, I got man, nothing in the tank. Let's That's okay. I got this. All right. Hey Mike, Mike. Yeah. What's wrestling? Wrestling is being able to cry with yourself and maybe with other people. But mainly just with yourself. Watching something silly, but having it resonate on an emotional level that just gets you there and lets you feel stuff. <laughs> That's what wrestling is. Hey. Catherine, what's wrestling? Wrestling is a lot like that show Scrubs. 
<laughs> where it was just fun to watch, but JD also always had a little something for you to reflect on. <laughs> that Zach Braff, right, JD? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Preach it. Wrestling is like scrubs. Huh? <laughs> hella, hella. Bo. Yes. What's wrestling? Wrestling is, uh, similarly on theme with you, Mike, is a shower cry. <laughs> All of his invocations are about the fucking shower. Where you're either in, in the shower, shower or, you're, or the rain is, is pouring down on you like a shower. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting. I'm being rude. So you're in the shower. God damn it. And Okay, this is after you bathe, though. So you get up, you bathe, you, you scrub, you wash your hair, you wash your face, all what that stuff. Fuck? Get all done. We're like, this water is still hot. I should sit down in here. And then, <laughs> and then the water is hitting on like your your neck and the arch of your, your back, your back, your top of your back. And it's, it's real warm. And it's like, it's so warm. It's so good. It's so good. I wish it could last forever. And then you start thinking about how things don't last forever. And you start reflecting on that. And you start to have a good shower cry. A good... You've already crumbled. You got the crumbling part taken care of. You didn't expect to crumble. You just expected to sit down, but then you crumbled and you started crying. It was really sad. And then you reflect. It's like, but that's okay. I can just lift my head up and have the water hit my face and it'll, it'll wash the tears away. Every goddamn time. It's hey, a Mike. fucking shower. Hey Mike. And that's wrestling. Baby. Baby. <laughs> I forgot that I say baby every time too. Oh man! Well, That's wrestling. I think, yeah, I think we can go ahead and categorize uh, both that wrestling invocation and this entire episode. Our wonderful guest, Catherine, this entire experience is being nice. Noise. <laughs> That's a new thing too. Uh, noise. 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 A bunch of lamos. <laughs> hey, uh, we'll see you on the outro. Hi, Mike, and hi everyone else. We're back. Thanks, Catherine. She's gone now, but she was great. What a pro! Yeah. It was, I think we can go ahead and call her a podcasting bro. Podcasting bro. Podcasting bro. <laughs> podcast. I can come over here now, I guess. Podcasting bro. That was really great. I loved having her perspective. Right. Um, and uh, just it seemed like she went into it with such a, uh, I guess, an earnestness, kind of an open mind. Curiosity. Curiosity, 100%. And, and, and she was ready to have fun. Yes. You know, even if it was silly and even if she was like, oh, yeah, I'm probably not going to watch this by myself yeah. in my spare <laughs> I time. <would> but <laughs> I had a good time with you guys tonight. Yeah. Yeah. The goal, I think, with these guest episodes is just to really create a group that would say yes if we invite them to watch a pay-per-view. <laughs> really, this is um, just a really strange strategy um, that Bo and I are using to try and make friends. <laughs> Um, so far, I think we're succeeding marvelously well. <laughs> so far, yeah. I have we have no less than what six friends, at least like five or six exclusively new friends. Yeah, that's exciting. How many do you have? You don't think that's you a lot? Fucking asshole. Yeah, you come and you okay? So judge you, us. You put the earbuds you in judge. your ears, play our podcast yeah that's right and you judge us we're doing this for you fucking bullshit we're not doing this for us <laughs> hey boy i really love the podcast but every time y'all get to the outro you guys are just really mean 
Well, you know, not everybody is going to be like sunshine and rainbows all the time, especially when you've got such uh, uh, ungrateful listeners. (laughs) Uh, That was a blast. That was so fun. Really great time. And Uh, the match, uh, again, I hadn't watched that match in years. And a lot of those spots that were like the the table spot, uh, there was one other thing that was one of the sweet chin musics just out of nowhere. I just wasn't expecting those because I forgot about them. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it really looked good. Looked like he yeah. kicked Rick's head off his shoulders. Yeah, when they the first one, yeah, and then Ooh. they showed the replay. Like just like there's there's impact there, yeah. How? Yeah. But how? How do they how? do it? It's, it's art. High art. Uh this this uh, oh yeah, this so this makes me want to kind of I mean, I don't think that that's really the match to show her because I think it's too long. Uh what I'm talking about is like Flare Steamboat really the kind of the peak of Ric Flair's um, like his the, the perfect opponent uh, and those guys just you know are wrestling machines yeah uh, they had a whole program like a three four yeah, match program and I, and I think that we should do that three match series in our uh, kind of our uh, host episodes yeah of, no guests yeah yeah our we're gonna need episodes. to we only got two more though got a one so but it does make me curious about potentially showing her um a young rick flair you know maybe not a 45 minute match but maybe uh an awesome 20 minute match that he yeah. had you know the other thing is to show her something that's really flippy or a mixture of both like the that tlc match with edge christian the hardys oh. and the dudley boys oh my god <laughs> that would be to- that would be way Traumatizing, off maybe the wall. Did, maybe. We get, did we did we heighten it way too fast way maybe too soon? I, th- I think that that she was so refreshing as a guest because she had so little exposure to wrestling and the exposure that she had um was during the rock and wrestling thing yeah. in the 80s uh, with Hogan and uh, or you know late eighties early nineties mm-hmm. Hogan Undertaker and uh, so much of what we know is wrestling now that has become kind of um old hat yeah. or you know kind of implied is just being part of wrestling tables ladders and chairs and yeah you, know, you know the the ladder match was had not really been popularized at that point at least yeah. you know. For uh, you know, most most of the audience. Yeah. When was the Shawn Michaels Scott Hall? That was WrestleMania ten. So that yeah, was so that's full, yeah, way far off. Yeah. Ninety four. Um. Yeah, and it, so it had been done before that, and you know, Calgary and other yeah. places. But like, uh, there's so much about that part of wrestling that I feel like would be so shocking for her. Yeah. You know, like, holy shit, they got a She's ladder. Actually, she actually was the perfect guest. Yeah, with I think so. No, n- nothing. Like, blank slate, complete blank slate. Brian had his uh, mixed martial arts background. Yeah. Joel, obviously, you can tell he knew what some of the stuff he's talking about from at least when he watched. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Catherine was just my brother. I saw some. Was there a brother that she? Yeah. Yeah, I saw some Hogan once or twice. Yeah, <laughs> I it? sort of had. I to love watch. that it was a Saturday morning wrestling because that that yeah. was a staple saturday yeah. morning wrestling was a thing back then totally so it's good to hear that instead of cartoons he was watching wrestling i wonder if he still watches we should ask her we should have yeah and yeah. i wonder if he's still a republican i was thinking 
<laughs> that's why I stopped talking because <laughs> I didn't want to say anything else. Because <laughs> I know, because yeah, it's in, it's probably in the family, right? Catherine, tell us. We'll text you. We'll ask you. <laughs> yeah. We're... Anyway. Anyway, yeah, we loved uh, having Catherine on, uh, and I'm excited to have her uh, back on so that we can show her something that's totally different. But I do think this was a good choice because um, I think that the way that we were going to uh, find uh, something for her to latch onto Mm -hmm. was with the Melrose Place. For sure. You know, part of it, that kind of that storyline that is... Pretty universal of seeing someone older right off into the sunset in any area, any medium. Yeah. You know? And, like, the person that admires them taking their spot. Yes. Like, yeah. listen up, you little fuck faces. Listen to this fucking episode, you in- inconsiderate assholes. Here's what I have to say. We got a lot of miles left. Here's what I have to say. Fuck, I had a really good point. I lost it. This happens a God lot. damn it. This is why I'm not great at improv, because I just forget things. I had a really cool point. I was going to be really mad at the listener base again for no reason, but I've forgotten why. That's okay. We don't need them. We don't. Because we got Tony. We do have Tony. Tony Schiavone. Did he say anything recently? Uh, Well, I heard. I don't know. This is not... Uh, he might He might say something tomorrow night. Uh, I'm almost or, sure oh, Dynamite, he, I'm almost sure he will. Also, the hashtag, Tony Loves Tope is blowing oh yeah that's huge so okay everyone hey follow us on twitter instagram and facebook all of them are all at tope suicida pod and then uh uh, you can use that hashtag uh, tony loves tope uh all over the internet because he does he loves the move he loves the podcast and he loves your friends mike and Bo. that's right every time every time tony drops uh drops us a mention on dynamite uh, go ahead and use that hashtag, Tony Loves Tope, because mm-hmm. it's true. It does. And he he would does want, love I it. think he would probably want you to. Because he's not a liar. You know, he wouldn't say those things that we've you've heard at the beginning of the show. He wouldn't say those things if 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 uh, if he didn't meet them. He said it's his favorite move, mm-hmm. and he's also said, I mean, Jim Ross was like at a loss for words about what a great job we were doing. Mm-hmm. He's like, my God, Tope Suicida. Yeah. You know, Tony's like, dude, we got to have him on the program. I to, like, I listen to it every week and we're like, got to have Tony. Him. Yeah. And I was like, geez, well, then why don't you um, answer your phone so that we can get on Dynamite? Listen, Tony, you piece of shit. That's a little extreme. Okay, now. I'm sorry. Well, I, could, I got mad at the. He's our best friend. Yeah, he's subscriber number one. Sorry, Tony. I really am. I'm sorry for just lashing out like that. I've had a bad, a bad week, you know, and I took it out on you. Tony. Okay, that's what a man does. And I'm sorry. I'm still, as I talk about Tony, I'm still just trying to think about what funny thing I was going to say, because it was really good, and I feel like you would have really appreciated how funny it was. I feel like, listeners, if I can just be frank for a moment, um, I it's not that I don't like Bo. I do. I love him. I'm skeptical of the quality <laughs> of the joke that he no, okay. said that he was going to tell. Mike, you don't need to think that my joke wasn't flawless, because it was. It's not, I'm not my doing it on record per- books out there with how good my jokes are. Fill to the brim. Doesn't make any sense. Records. <laughs> not like, it's not like a leaderboard. <laughs> joke number one over Dennis's joke number two. I'm just saying it's a of record. They're like, they're just so good. They're of record. They're recorded in some kind of database. They're recorded, yeah. 
What I love about the outro is it's just the last thing we do. And we're obviously both so burnt. We've been talking for so many hours. <laughs> it's just nonsense. I'm doing great. I'm doing so, <laughs> I'm doing so good. Uh, I... I you know, the thing that I just I have a hard time with about the outros is that like I make it through the shower metaphors in the wrestling invocations mm-hmm. and I'm like, OK, I'm out of the woods. And then we get to the outro and I remember who I'm doing the podcast <laughs> with. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's wrestling, baby. That is wrestling, baby. That's wrestling, baby. Hey guys, so we're gonna we're gonna see you next week. I think we plugged everything. Uh, also, our emails, Tope Suicida Pod, and give us a rate. Review us on on whatever podcast network you get stuff. Apple, Google Play, whatever. Rate and review us. Get us up there. You know, hell yeah. And if you've got a suggestion for a match, shout it out, and maybe we'll do it. Maybe depends. Depends on your tone. Yeah, if you email us in all caps. Probably do it. That's pretty cool. You just shouted us the entire email. Weird, but we'll probably do it. Yeah, but if you're like shitty to us and stuff, yeah. Like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? Yeah, why don't you do a bra and panties oh, match? Oh no. god, you guys are so stupid. You don't do. You didn't. Uh, well, look who has a podcast? Yeah, this is our podcast. Is it you? Listen, is it us? And here's the joke that I was gonna tell. God damn it! I don't remember it. <laughs> Still, I know. Okay, wait. Three, two, one. Joke. Go. And then, fuck. <laughs> it's not your podcast. It's our podcast. I'm going to have special um, tag team championship belts made just for me and Bo. Just to let everybody know. They're winners, and you can't win them. That we're, we're real, not going to fight you. That's right, because we're podcasting pros. Podcasting pros. Pod. Uh, these are the podcasting pro belts. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Maybe.